Hi everybody. Uh, just as a heads up, this is a special edition episode. Uh, because we are going to be talking about so many different topics um, that will cross over into both the MacGyver podcast and the Never Gets Old podcast, uh, this is going to be a combination episode, which basically means you're going to hear it on both channels. So if you listen to the MacGyver podcast and you like what you're listening to, please check out the Never Gets Old podcast and vice versa. Okay. Also, we talk about the audio series that we do, or I do, called the MacGyver SG-1 audio series. Uh, the basic idea is Jack and MacGyver find out that they're twin brothers that they didn't know existed. And it fits in between the episodes of SG-1 and continues the adventures of MacGyver as well. So, yeah, that's what you're going to hear. So just in case you're wondering why are they rambling on about non-Richard uh, Dean Anderson topics or why are they talking about MacGyver a lot, uh, that's why. All right? Sit back, everybody. This is a good one. Um, aren't they all? Uh, and as always, please give us a good rating. Uh, just go in there, hit some five stars. Uh, subscribe. That's always good. And uh, review, because apparently what happens is, if you guys do that, we get the exposure on iTunes, and iTunes helps spread the word, you know, and we'd like to make sure more people get the opportunity to hear this. Alright, so sit back, enjoy, and as always, thank you. Well, you've got to remember that we're dealing with a cool, diabolical mind. Thank you. I'm talking about the devil. Oh. Name one contract that I failed to execute. MacGyver. You were a target. And I don't intend to miss. What are you trying to do? Scare me? You sound like my mother. Fix this. Fix it now. It, it's not possible. I, I can't. Yes, it is. You can. And you will. Or this street will be over. I'll show you and all your fun little friends to the whole laughing world. I'll bring Unit, I'll bring the Zygons. Give me a minute, I'll bring the Daleks and the Cybermen. You will save Clara and you will do it now or I will rain hell on you for the rest of time. Don't just stop talking like that. You can't. I can do whatever the hell I like. You've read the stories. You know who I am. And in all of that time, did you ever hear anything about anyone who stopped me? I know the Doctor. The doctor is no longer here. You are stuck with me. And I will end you and everything you love. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice. Christmas time is usually always a, a fairly busy time for, well, Christmas and Thanksgiving is usually always a busy time for Jess and I because uh, my family's here in Pennsylvania, hers is in Maryland. So we usually have to kind of do double duty for one of the two holidays. Um, this year it was Christmas. Which usually it often ends up being Christmas. Mm -hmm. We'll do Christmas Eve up here with my family and Christmas Day down with hers. Well, in addition to that, my best friend was moving. Royce. Am I getting Royce. Hi, hey, yep. I'm learning. So yeah, he um he moved from Harrisburg to Camp Hill, which is like maybe fifteen minutes, but naturally he uh is moving. And, you know, you got the blistering cold, you know, random bits of snow, mm -hmm. the whole, the whole shebang. So we get over to, you know, we're helping him move stuff over into the new house. I remember you saying last time that you were 
yeah. going to do that. Well, <laughs> on Saturday, we're, we drove over to his place in Harrisburg. We're loading the van up. We all pile into the car, or our car, the van, the pick, you know, vehicles, and we disperse over to the new place. Well, earlier in their week, his wife and him had taken their Hummer and a trailer loaded down and parked it in the driveway, and they just rode back in her car. Sure. So that there was the illusion that somebody was there. Sure. So we get the trailer done, or we get we get everything out of the, the truck. We get, you know, the stuff out of the other cars that we just grabbed boxes and threw in our vehicles just because we wanted to maximize the effort. <laughs> we go to, we're getting, we're sitting there like, okay, well, you know, we can get the, we can get the stuff out of the Hummer. We can get the stuff out of the trailer and we can, you know, knock the rest of this out and everybody can have dinner and blah, 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 sure. blah, blah. Plans of and he goes and looking for, yep. And then he goes looking for the keys. Can't find them. Can't find them in his pockets, his wife's pockets, their jackets. The kids don't have them. So everyone's kind of like, he's, at this point, he's losing his mind sure. because he's like, my new house and I can't get even in Yeah, my new, my new house and nothing, uh, you know, that's in the Hummer and the trailer I can get. Son of a bee, you know. Yep, yep, yep. So he's losing his temper. He's, he's at his wits end. I look at, I look at Jess and I'm like, I'm going to volunteer us for something, but it needs to be done because no one, no one else is stepping up. I looked at him. I looked at his wife. I said, no, Devin's his wife. I said, Give me your, give me the house keys to the old other place. Just now, run over. What's the key fob look like? It's got an H three logo on it. Awesome. All right. Where's the most likely place it would be? Where's the last place? You know, you said it, and where you would have said it, and where you would have said it. Okay. Cool. Great. Let's go. <laughs> so we ended up taking about a half hour, forty five ish minutes, because you know, searching for it over at the other place, and we ended up finding it. But it's just like. Are you freaking kidding me? We you waste we wasted more time dawdling trying to decide what we were gonna do. Uh-huh. It's like I was telling Jess, I said we can focus on the problem, or we can focus, focus on, on the solution. solution. <laughs> it's like you you can do one or the other. You can't have both. You know, right. right. One negates the other. You know. So and I immediately I jumped to action and I we went over and we got got them and everything. We got them moved in. I mean. But it's just like son of a bee, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, Christmas Christmas was good. We um we did a little secret Santa thing with uh, her family, and uh, I got her cousin's son. So I guess it would technically be like cousin's second road or something like that. Mm-hmm. He wanted hungry hungry hippos. Really? Yeah, and he's about three four, okay. so he's right at he's right at that cusp of being able to play it. So we found it, and uh, his mother was really surprised we found it. Apparently, she didn't think it was a easily findable game. I guess you know the internet provides wonders. If worst case oh, we scenario. just went to Walmart. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but I'm saying like, oh, you'll oh, yeah, never you be can... able to find it. Yes, I can. Give me a cell signal and yeah, you know my cell phone, and I'll find it. But yeah, so we I got that for him, and her other cousins daughter had me while her daughter or this little girl is like barely one year old so mm-hmm. it was really not it was more so, to put that it on was her. so it was so more it was more so mommy and daddy got it for yeah. you know for her to give to me <laughs> and uh it was this batman coloring book okay adult a court of owls like a, oh, sure, sure. a book uh 
Court of Owls one where it's no dialogue or anything. It's just like a lot of the different panels oh, okay. and coloring books. And they also got me the 1960s animated movie, Batman Two-Face. Oh, that's new. Yeah, it just William came out. William Shatner uh, being Two-Face. Yep. So I'm like, that's really freaking cool. So I'd, I'll uh, probably end up watching that in the next week or so. But it was it was cute that, you know... I didn't I didn't expect much, you know. It's it's always interesting trying to figure out, you know, what to tell people to put on your list. So I told them I'm like, well, you know, they got some really neat uh superhero coloring books out right now. I wouldn't mind one of them. I said, I don't know, I've got a couple relatively inexpensive DVDs on my Amazon wish list. Right. So, you know, as long as it's within the the price range, I don't really mind what it is. Nice. But yeah, mostly, you know, just got some geekery stuff. Uh, the coolest item I got is not going to be here until like the 12th. Okay. I got myself a Poe Dameron jacket. Oh, sure. From the new movie. Okay, so. they had one of those at FYE, but it was like stupid expensive. I looked at it, I'm like, oh, kiss my rear end. Yeah, this one, the only reason I'm getting it is because my father-in-law sent uh, Jess and I both gift cards for Amazon, which he usually does. Smart. And uh, usually what I do with with mine is I look at our DVD collection. I'm like, all right, do I want to upgrade to Blu-ray or what do I need to, you know, sure. complete set-wise or whatever? And I usually do pretty good. I mean, good Lord, the other the other year I got like 15 DVDs converted onto Blu-ray next to nothing, you mm-hmm, know. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so this year I got that and uh, I, got, I got the jacket, which should be here between the 4th and the 12th. Okay. Oh, it's not here yet, so obviously it didn't come. Um, and then I got the entire TOS series of Star Trek remastered on Blu-ray. Where Say it's got the... again. Wait, which one? TUS? TOS, the original series. Oh, with okay, Shatner, yeah. Nimoy, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Kelly. What they did is they went in, still watched the original episodes as they aired with like the models, the original effects and everything. Or you can do the enhanced ones where they did color correction to make make the blues blue, you know, like just make everything more vibrant. Yeah. And then they had gone in and upgraded the models to fit the CGI, but they kept like the the Enterprise still looks like the Enterprise. It's just a CGI model of the Enterprise instead of a physical tangible model, which is which was cool. I mean, I I wanted it because I've I've always wanted. I wanted to try to get the original series and TNG on Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I got to jump at the price. I mean, good Lord, you're talking seasons when they were originally released. You're looking at easily a hundred bucks plus just for one season. I got the entire series for 50 bucks. Nice. Yeah. I'm Duh. telling you, if you wait long enough. Oh I'm yeah. You can find that upon... I got one of the things I got was the whole quantum leap series. Nice. Yeah. Ha ha. Nice. I had that's, the f- that's probably going to be my next my next big purchase series wise. I had the first season when they originally came out, and I guess they didn't have the music rights, so you weren't going to hear the songs you were supposed to hear. Okay. And there's the episode in particular that the song is crucial, and that's the story. And that's when he realizes that it's Al, it's his wife who Al was trying to manipulate him into making sure she didn't run off with the other guy. Right. And in the end, he's dancing as a hologram with her to Georgia. Georgia? Georgia? Oh, yeah, I remember. Tears. Tears. Oh, absolutely. So 
I mean, if you I, don't cry, you're you're a monster. So <laughs> I dreaded hearing them try to replace that. And I think, I think I've seen it, but I don't recall what they replaced it with. That's my point. That's yeah. it's something forgettable. It, and yes, and, and not that, as impactful. Yeah. I mean, Ray Charles singing that at that tender, tender moment, uh, yeah. and he's making a speech. You know, hang on, don't forget me. I'm coming home. Well, now I got the whole series, which since then they have gotten the music rights. Nice. And yeah, you can get the whole series of anything now, typically for a much lower price. Yeah, I mean, I remember T and G back when that came out on DVD. You're looking at, I think it was 120 to 180 dollars. Mm. I mean, you got all kinds of extra content and stuff. But who cares? I mean, geez. now you now you can go get it on Blu-ray, the entire thing remastered, retouched, blah 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 blah. For like 80 bucks. And I bought Cindy when they were coming out season by season. I was getting her next generation. And <laughs> we've talked about this, I know, but I tried watching the first season. And I know at some point after a particular episode, they start to get better. And then people say, okay, after a particular season, they get really good. However, I'm not there yet. And I'm yeah, not the taking first the time. Is always to do the it. roughest one with that one. Yeah. Um, you kind of need bits and pieces of it for like continuity, continuity and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, like from the second season on, it's kind of funny. Once Riker got his beard, that's when and he, once that's they got when rid of Tasha Yar, I know that yep. was a big one. So which when they brought her back as um, Sela, I liked the actress as Sela more than I did as Tasha Yar. It's weird. Sure. So, you know, we have them. We haven't really after watching a few i'm like okay there's other things to watch and i remember yeah. <laughs> i was cindy and i always talk about this you know we're first comparing notes of okay what's your number one you know let's go through your number one shows and she's mm -hmm. like oh best sci-fi show i've ever seen is the next generation i said well my friend that's gonna change <laughs> you have not seen stargate sg1 uh, and i'll never forget her going I don't know. I don't know if it's going to compare. She wasn't, she, even, it, she wasn't even through the first season of SG-1. And she's like, oh, God, this is so much better. I'm like, you're welcome. And obviously, well, you gotta now, also keep you got to also keep in mind when they were written, too, though. That's... No, that's, yeah, there's classic shows from earlier that could be great, too. This is true. You know what I mean? Like, Babylon 5 is a show that I think is criminally underrated. I think that's very well done. I've heard that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good one. If you, yeah. yeah, if you get the chance to, I'd suggest it. It's funny because each season, each season, more or less, they weren't sure if they were getting renewed. <laughs> yeah. Huh. But it's funny, like, each each character had, like, a an exit strategy just in case the actor bailed. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And I think in the entire run of the series, they only ended up having to use it once. And it wasn't because the actor like had animosity towards the crew or anything. They ended up getting a uh, acting gig that it would be foolish for them not to jump at. Sure. Well, that's I same, forget which actor it was. Same thing but... like uh, every season of um, How I Met Your Mother. Mm -hmm. They would always have him break up with the previous season's girlfriend because if they got canceled, whoever that girl that he was currently dating was going to be the mother. Yeah. I'm like, ugh. Okay. Um, all right. Out of many of the things that I got, um, 
the coolest and most surprising that I, I didn't ask for. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm thrilled that I have. I'm sure you've seen the picture. I got the musket gun, screen-used musket gun of Ichabod Cranes from Sleepy Hollow. Thomas Jefferson once said, banking establishments are more dangerous than standing armies. Just stay in line and go with the flow. Two statements which mean the opposite. You founded a country. Figure it out. It comes with the certificate I, and everything. I, I'm afraid to hear how your wife managed to acquire that. Well, funny story. I said, I'm thinking she how did you by hooker crook. I said, no, no, no. I said, boy, it would have been great to get like his crossbow. Or, and she goes, I tried. I tried to get his jacket. They were selling the whole outfit. If they had just sold the jacket, I could have gotten it. But hmm. again, she's not an idiot. And she would stop bidding on things once it got too high. This was Smart. one of the things that was cool to have that was actually Ichabod's that she could get at a decent price. Because she was like, nice. I was bidding on the crossbow. And, you know, I was so excited. And then somebody outbid me. And then I... Looked at it, went, nope, can't do it anymore. And with the jacket, you had to buy the pants, too. And she's like, even if you were going to wear the jacket, I'm like, yeah. I'd wear it and take a picture and take, put it down again. She's yeah. like, there's no way you were going to fit in, in those pants. They're way too long. I'm like, yeah, I, I, that's sacrilege. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be wearing things like, you know what I mean? <laughs> that's like, yeah. uh, you probably don't remember. There's the... I just watched it recently. It's why it's on my mind. Mad about you. When they go to Yoko Ono's place and there's the white piano and she's out of the room and he just walks by and he's looking at it. He's like, could you imagine just playing one note? And Jamie says, go ahead. No, no, no. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. Come on, do it. He's like, no, it's not right. And then she goes, do it for me. Okay. So they sit down at the piano. He very gently and reverently Boom. And just lets it ring. Mm -hmm. And then the piano bench breaks and they fall to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, for my birthday, I got the entire series of Mad About You. Nice. Which nice. is some news for our listeners. Uh, and our friends over at the Mad About Mad About You uh, podcast, I let them know as soon as I found out the news. There's a very good chance they may be bringing that back. Hey, I mean, it, they did that with uh, Will and Grace. Will and Grace, they're doing it with Roseanne. There's, I mean, why not? Which, if they're still... I'm, well, and speaking of Roseanne, that one boggles my mind kind of the most yes. because they're bringing back everybody. Here's what they're doing. And same thing with... Okay, here's what I found out. Will and Grace. Will and Grace gave you the definitive ending. It jumped to the future. Mm -hmm. It showed their kids getting married. Blah, 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 blah. They are ignoring it. Yes. Uh, they are also ignoring the last season or the revelation at the last episode of Roseanne where they said Dan was dead. Okay, so they are pretty much just retconning that entire last season. And also, the rumor, I mean, nobody knows. They're thinking about if they do, because Paul Reiser was like, I don't know if people want to see this. And people went, we do. Oh, okay. And Yeah, so, stuff like that's making a comeback. And it should. It should. Because they're unending stories especially yeah mad about you which is a, a show about a married relationship that doesn't go mm -hmm. away so yeah. all they would have will to grace is about friendship in weird and crazy exactly. circumstances i mean it just works and mad about you what they are 
what I read was they would do like empty nests. Their daughter is gone away to college. Okay. And so it's them with empty nest syndrome. Great. Enjoy it. It's wonderful. And if they wanted to, they could ignore the last episode of that, which is about Mabel doing her own film about her crazy family. And it does a whole bunch of flash forwards where it shows Paul and Jamie had broken up at one point as they're old. Mm. And so you can ignore that if you wanted. Yeah. Whatever. It whatever it takes. Which brings yeah, me to work. a much discussed topic of what they should have freaking done with MacGyver. <laughs> Hi everybody and, and welcome to the okay. podcast. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, this is just proving my point. Well, it, you know, it's funny because I'd made the remark earlier before we uh, remembered to hit record. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, MacGyver, like this faux MacGyver, as I've d- lovingly dubbed it, it, like I was talking with Royce about it the one night. He goes, "It's not MacGyver. Thank it's you. Mission Impossible in the guise." I love Royce. Of Royce is my so best friend. So that's why too. I made the remark. That's why I made the remark to you earlier about it's Mission MacGyver because when he told me that I'm like oh my god, oh my god. Well, I always said <laughs> it's, so it's Hawaii Five O L A. That's exactly because it's the same writers. Yeah, it's the same. You could feel it's got that it, it's got that formula esque feel yes. to it. It's not quite the same formula, but it, it's a similar. It's enough very formula. much the. I mean, the writing formula, and if it's yeah. the dumbed down writing too, where. Not only are they not going to explain anything to you, they're going to talk down to you as an audience, which I said this to Cindy today. I said, you know what CBS's logo should be? CBS, where we stopped caring after we lost CSI. CSI was the last smart television show that was unique on CBS. Ever since then. On the actual network, yeah. On the actual network. They, I mean, NCIS, I mean, I enjoy that. But, yeah, I mean, even that's got a formula to it. And right? It's, and you know the reason I, mean, I can't watch that is the same reason. Yeah. It's the, aren't we cute? <laughs> Let me slap you in the back of the head before we go on to solve this, you know, serious moment type of thing. Hmm. And I, I I, personally can't do it. And I feel a lot of that is thrown into Hawaii 5.0 and yeah. not MacGyver because they're constantly making little quips to each other. Hey, we're getting shot at, but I have time to make this funny. Ha ha. No, no, no. You're going to die. Yeah. Well, and the funny thing is, like, I've watched Star Trek Discovery. I watched the first episode of that. I I just got my fire stick for downstairs. That was one of her gifts. Mm -hmm. And I had to load it all up and blah, 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 blah. And I finally was able to see part one of the pilot. Yeah, part one and part two of the pilot are Michael's stories. Yeah. It's basically how she gets we're setting her own thing. Yeah, it's basically this is what sets up the universe. This is what's setting up the you know the prologue. Yes, and then from that third episode on, it's it's good. I thoroughly enjoy it. They've touched on subjects that I'm glad they did. I'm intrigued to see where it's going to go starting tomorrow because it comes back tomorrow. Okay. And, like, I've got my own theories of, like, okay, it's in a prime universe, or it's in a prime universe. They, they're they not dubbing, they're not disclosing if it's, you know, the original series prime universe that all of Star Trek sure. TV shows have all taken place in. They've already come out and said it's not in the Kelvinverse, which is where the 
movies were from. Oh, it's not. I always I heard it it's was. Not. Okay. Well. No, no, no. Okay. No. But it's my suspicions is or are it's in a another a third universe which if they were smart they would just come out and tell us that don't, the Klingon you know don't look like Klingon no the Klingons don't they look kind of they look kind of like they're trying to be right a little bit right. but not quite they're like not quite right there exactly. you know but uh I I thoroughly enjoy it it's very well done it's I'll check out more of it when I when I get. Yeah, time. once once you get into it, you and I'll have to have a conversation about it because I I've thoroughly enjoyed it, and uh, I wasn't I went in very skeptical. Okay. I mean, I I went and I watched the Orville and I enjoyed the Orville because it sure. had the classic Trek feel. TNG feel mm-hmm, to it. Mm-hmm. After the first couple episodes, because the first two first couple episodes, you can tell the writing was very ha ha ha, very, you know, sure. hit you over the fun ahead with comedy, but. McFarlane had come out and said, you'll see an evolution of the show as it gets closer to the end of its first season. And the third or the second season had already been picked up. And he came out and said, if you enjoyed the near the end of the first season, that's going to be closer to the tone. Say that again. If you enjoyed, Uh, if you enjoyed the episodes near the end of the first season of Orville, Uh where it was more sci-fi, little bit of humor peppered in right, 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 right. that's gonna be what the second word is because okay. that's the, that's the type of sci-fi he wanted to make and it's like you know what i can't blame the guy i mean this is an actor who christ when he was a kid made a a fan film for star yeah. trek i loved it i thought it was great and then lo and behold he did end up in um a couple episodes of enterprise right um so my point was that sorry didn't mean to no 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 this is what we're here for go on your tangents um it's proving my point all these shows are coming back and picking up where they left off yeah that's what should have happened yeah i think cbs definitely dropped the ball hugely i mean they could have they could have done so much with this series but and you know and i tried again over my i had the week before and the week after christmas off and which worked out great because the kids didn't have school, so I got to be home with them. That's cool. Um, yeah. And I tried watching some Hawaii Five-O because there's another one where Danny gets shot and they're in quarantine and a bad guy comes in and shoots him while they're in quarantine and then sets up, up a bomb and nobody can get in or out, but they have to save Danny and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, you know... Danny's been near death by being shot at least once before. At least. Mm-hmm. You know, but I thought, okay, I'll go along for the ride. I'll, I'll hold back my judgment. And I'm just like, no, this is the same. It's the same rhythm. It's the same formula. It's the same dumbed down uh, writing where you just, mm-hmm. I, it, you know, it's, it's a lot of bravado and a lot of things that aren't logical or done just they always have mcgarrett do stupid things and he's the hero and i'm like you you would be killed you'd be killed and you deserve to be killed like you mm-hmm. take unnecessary risks instead of just handcuffing the guy you got to do a double backflip off the bow of a ship bounce off the water and land again then punch him in the face like just you know and so 
that's my motto of CBS. We've given up. <laughs> CBS, you seem to like this dumbed-down crap, so here's more of it. Yeah. And Oh, and you said, okay, you said you haven't caught up on much of this No, season. I'm still... I, I think the last episode I saw was the Halloween episode, which wasn't hateful. <laughs> it wasn't absolute garbage, but... I mean, as I said, it's it's not MacGyver. It's Mission. It's it's Mission MacGyver. That's right. what I'm going to start calling right. it. Cause cause... And they all are a team. And I'm like, you know, besides, here's another thing. As I'm watching them, because you know, I have to watch them every week, whether I I want mm -hmm. to or not, for the sake of and our been, listening and audience. Been, yeah, and I mean, I've been meeting to just you know, life's life's yeah. gotten kind of crazy. I'm so. with you. Um. Okay. So. I'm watching it, and I'm, again, every time I watch, I try. I always say the same thing we do every time: treat it like it's its own show. Try, try to not compare it to the original. Try to not. Yep. Compare. So okay. But, That's the mantra. <laughs> but you know what? Even if I do, and I've been successful to just judge it on its own, it's not. A, it's not good. It's. It's a lot of that. If we say that this guy's a genius. If, if we have the co-stars turn and go, wow, you're amazing, they feel like that's good enough. The audience will go, oh, I get, okay, so he's amazing. They don't even show, they don't explain the MacGyverisms. We've already said this every time. But I'm, I'm yeah. watching it, I'm going, okay, treat it like it's its own thing. Pretend there is no original. Okay, implausible. That's stupid. They're running, being shot at, and making jokes to each other. They're not getting shot at all. See, MacGyver would get shot. Mm -hmm. He would get, I mean, there. Yeah, we, he, would, he would actually get I hurt. watched one with the kids the other day, and it was back, back from the dead. And it's the one where he's helping the, the guy who he put in witness protection, who was in the mob. Yeah. Well, in the sequel, the next season, they have the new mob guy. They uh, He shows up in the paper, and the mob guys see it. So they're, ba oh, Jimmy Jimmy's still alive. Let's, oh, he has a family. Let's go kidnap yeah. his daughter and grandson. Okay. So it comes down to it where MacGyver's trying to help. And he's getting, he's losing this physical fight with this guy. Yeah. And the guy hits him and he trips and he falls back into the water. He comes out of the, he's, he pops his head out of the water while he's still floating. He can't move fast. He can't dodge a bullet. And this guy goes, boom, and shoots him in the gut. And he sinks. And watch the kids react. He's faking it. He's faking it. Is it really? There's the blood. Like, oh, no. Yeah. So I'm like, exactly. That's what it should be. And through the rest of the episode, he's wincing in pain, holding his guts together, trying to at least, if it's the last thing he does before he dies, he's going to save the yep. daughter he's and gonna, the grandson. He's going to do everything he can to save them. But yeah. at no moment is he macho. Nope. He's macho, or he's manly without trying to be, but at no point does he ever put his hands on his hips and go, ha ha, like McGarry, yeah. or this not MacGyver, or whatever. And he's, you know, stumbling, and you could feel the, the bullet in his gut as he yeah. is. Yeah, there, there's moving. something humbling about yes. the character. Yes, yeah. You know. Exactly. And I don't feel that, as I watch this as its own thing, I'm like, okay, so I don't like him. 
I don't like who, the attitude of this kid. He's a smug little putz. Yeah. Uh, the guy who's his sidekick, Jack Dalton, is obnoxious, unrealistic, obnoxious. You wouldn't want him in the room with you. He's, yeah. You know, he's the cliche '80s thing that MacGyver was against was the gun-toting, look how tough I am, and because I could yeah. shoot you with the bullets. Modern day, modern day cowboy. And of course, then you got the little boss on the on the end of the the. In their earpiece, which they always have in, hey Blondie, could you stop goofing around and maybe save the day? Shut up! Like that's not enjoyable television. I don't like no. these people. So that that was my critique. You, what you've missed. I will say this about this season. For the most part, there's less uh, pandering. He's not wearing his. They're not trying to make you go, oh, look, at he's wearing a leather jacket like the real MacGyver. Or look, they're yeah. using that character's name. However, they did have uh, the real Jack Dalton. Bruce McGill. Bruce McGill. I understand he's an actor. I don't blame him. Show up and play like an FBI agent or, or a cop that was going to arrest not MacGyver for... You know, this building blew up and a guy died. You were the one who set off the bomb. Okay, well, I can already tell you how it was going to play out before I watched it. Yeah. Because guess what? Somebody planted a dead body there already, and while he's in prison or in handcuffs, or, no, I'm sorry, he didn't even go to prison. He was being questioned at the time, and they wouldn't let him out of the room. And the team went and found out that the body was planted and had already been dead. It was a setup to make him... In trouble with the law. I could. I wrote that in my head as soon as I saw what the preview was going to be. Yeah. But you know why? Because it's the CBS Hawaii Five O cliche. You've already yep. written your out before you've written the first line of the episode. You know. Oh, yeah. I will say one good thing though. Uh, on the website, because I I was checking last night's episode was written by uh, Peter Lenkoff, I believe. Okay. Um, I think I read that somewhere. So uh, they come back. For, it's the episode after Christmas break, and his house has been booby-trapped. They walk in, click, click. He notices, oh, wait, 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 wait. There's a bomb. You can't open windows or doors. And there's a timer, and there's a bomb. Okay. Right. That's, that's a fun premise. That could be good. It sounds like, a, it sounds like, it sounds like Murdoch. Yeah. Right? Had it been the real MacGyver, that would have been a Murdoch thing. Which yeah, I would that would have loved. Been... So I got a little little excitement in me. Okay. It wasn't Murdoch. It was some some forgettable guy from a previous uh, last season episode that I don't even remember what he looked like, let alone when they said his name and we're all supposed to go, <gasps> no. It was bad guy number three has come back for revenge. And... Yeah, I'm like, no, you should have said, I even said, because I sent them a tweet, I said, okay, that was a fun one, despite all the pickiness that I can have at it. Again, looking at it as its own show. Mm -hmm. I said, however. Yeah, that would that would have been a perfect opportunity for them to have Murdoch. Murdoch. It, would have, it would have made yeah, him. Emulating, you know, classic Murdoch. Because the way that they have Murdoch now is he's just a weirdo with a gun who shoots at him. If you make Murdoch be the one who got into his place while he wasn't home and set all this up. Now you just made him the real 
more like the yeah. real Murdoch. Yeah, you've you've tra transitioned him from weirdo obsessed to Murdoch. Did you see the one where he had kidnapped not MacGyver and and? Yeah, that okay. I think was the episode either right before or it might have been right after the Halloween episode. But you have seen it. That one I saw, and I that I thought I thought wasn't too bad. I mean, well, you know what the thing is, too? Or, they're overplaying yeah. him. Yeah, because the original Murdoch, he didn't show up every season. He, he showed up, up maybe. He showed up at least once a season. Oh, was it every season? Yes, oh, but that's the problem with once, that's the problem with binging. That's the problem with binging the series. But you, once they. And it wasn't at the end, so you saw it coming. It could be smack dab in the middle or three quarters of the way through. And here's an yeah. episode where they don't tell you, by the way, next episode is going to be Murdoch. No, yeah. remember uh, Cleo Rocks. You're not, you don't yeah. know that that's him until he stands up out of the, holy crap. Like that's, Which, you know, coincidentally, the song he Cleo wrote. Rocks, he wrote. Yeah. Well, okay. Let's, let's get into that conversation. I went to Chiller in October, which was right I after we last it. recorded. So, you know, it's been a little shame while. on us because come on. Uh, <clears throat> but we went and we went for the number one reason, of course, initially before we even found out that Murdoch was going to be there was to see our friend Mike Nesmith. Mm -hmm. And this time we brought Mikey. Nice. Mikey is old enough now and mature enough and patient enough. Where if we have to stand in line, he's okay with that. And he's like, I'm good. I'm going to meet Mike Nesmith. I'm like, yep. And he's like, whoa. And so we take him. We enjoy the ride down, you know, a couple hours, whatever. Worth it. Um, Let me think. Hi, I'm the fella that called before. Where's the monkey? Oh, I'm the monkey. You're the monkey? <laughs> you don't need a bed, young man. You need a psychiatrist. <laughs> Wait a minute, you don't, you don't understand. I'm not a real monkey. I'm the kind of monkey that sings. Okay, I'll, I'm going to jump to some highlights here. First of all, number one, what what do we do? We're going to go see Mike Nesbitt. That's the boom, before Obviously. we see anybody else. We're walking past, oh, Danny Bonaducci, who's there. And, you know, I mean, you got such a wide range of people that you're not just getting music people or movie people you're getting all walks of life which is great right. i love it yeah so we're standing in line and i'll tell you this is so cool you know mikey's with me i see uh some friends who who i know from previous encounters and monkey related stuff or music or whatever and the one who's been helping out with she volunteered her her time to help she'll help mickey at public mm -hmm. appearances and and as is Jody. Well Jody comes over and we say hi and she's busy so I don't wanna be a bother. And she says to Mikey, you know, your dad's a, a major monkeys fan, you know that. And I, I was he's like, uh huh. Yeah. And he's kinda like smirking at her like you have no idea. Like he's here for you know <laughs> what I mean? So it was cute, and the the one who is his handler at this, coincidentally, is our friend who we know from um, previous, um, when we went to see, and we saw John Schneider last time Mike Nesmith was at that chiller mm -hmm. con, uh, John Schneider happened to be there, and I told you what a sweetheart he was. Well, his handler, oh, we had become friends with Lindsay. Who's so okay. she's sweet. We just it was weird because he had gone to pee or something. 
And yeah, he'll strike because he told me he's coming right back. I got okay. So, okay. So while he's gone, we're shooting the bull with her, and she's so sweet and wonderful, and we've stayed friends through social media. She is Mike Nesmith's handler this time. Nice. Yeah, and it's so cool because before I see her, Nez sees me. <laughs> Mike, now I'm in line. There's maybe five groups of people ahead of me, so he looks up, sees me, and gives me a big wave. Nice. I mean, that's so, I love that. I love that's that cool. I have that sort of, of bond with him where it's like, oh, I can actually reach out and say he doesn't, he's not afraid to do that, you know? Yeah. And, and so I'm like, hi. It's like, hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. Like that type of thing. And then <laughs> as we're walking up, I look and there's Lindsay. Like, she's like, Mac. I'm like, what the? And so it was worlds colliding. And it was so cool. That's cool. And so I go up and, and, He's like, hey, how are you? And I go, good. And I take his hand and I pause for a half second. And we look at each other. And I, I'm like, no, nah, I'm hugging you. And I just gave him a hug. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've done that in the past. But at this point, you know, and besides it being my personality, I've already hugged him in the past. So if I didn't, it was that half second where I thought, this feels stupid if I pull back. Right. So I just put my arm out. I'm like, I'm hugging you. And, and he gives me a big hug. And I said, this is my son, Mikey. Now, again, you have limited time. Right. You have limited time. There's a yeah, thousand have, people have at maybe my a back. Couple, have maybe a couple minutes at most. Which is why I'm, well, I'll get to it. You're courteous. Yeah, yeah. but no, that, what I was going to, I'll tell you what I was going to say. But he said, this is Mikey. He goes, hi. Mikey goes, hi. And hands him the drawing that he made of him. Oh. Yeah, it, it's him and, and the other three. And Ness goes, is, is this for me? And he goes, uh-huh. Can, can I keep it? Yeah. So <laughs> it's like, okay. And so I said, oh, you know what I wanted to ask you? Did you ever get to play those CDs? Did they work for you? And he goes, which one were those? I said, remember, uh, he goes, well, when did you give them to me? I said, when we first met years ago. He goes, I said, well, here's why I'm asking. I think I digitally recorded them to fit more on a disc and I don't think I gave you the heads up he goes I don't think I did I think I, I thought maybe they weren't working I'm not sure I saw I, I want to say I didn't he goes who was on them besides mm -hmm. you because he remembered he goes, yeah. who, who else was on them I said David Gray Harry Chapin he goes no I would have remembered that uh, I said well do you want me to re-record it for you yeah, could you? I'm like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. And it was cool because Lindsay takes my phone as we're talking, and she's taking candid pics. Oh, that's a good handler. That's a good that's handler, what yeah. Do. And she said to me afterwards because we caught up with her later on. Uh, she goes, "He's taking a nap because he's been standing all day." And oh all yeah, I, I've seen pictures of him at, at shows that you know that you were at and other people, and yeah, the man doesn't sit down. No. No, not at all. No. So she had said, you know, well, you know, taking those candid pics means a lot to people. I'm like, yeah, you're darn right. So yeah. after, after I hugged him, I, I kept my arms folded and, you know, was standing next to him. But you also don't want to be in somebody's face. Yeah. So I let him do the approaching. You know what I mean? But he's yeah. like, no, no. Good. Yeah, definitely. If, if you would record for me, re-record those. So I didn't do them digitally. I did like a smaller... Condensed yeah. So that way it'll at least play. So 
Cindy says was talking to him while I was like doing something ready for the picture because now we're gonna get pictures. I said, right. "Oh, can I ask you? Is it? Would you mind taking a picture besides with all of us? Would you mind taking one with just Mikey? Because I figured let this should be for him. This should be his yeah. thing." He goes, "I'm okay with it. You gotta ask him, who's the boss who I've met previously, uh, of." It's his agent, basically. The guy yeah. who sets up the things. Yeah, his appearance agent, yeah. So, and he remembered me. So I went over and touched him on the back and said, Hey, do you mind if we get one more with for Mikey? He goes, Oh, for him? Yeah, I don't see anything wrong with that. So. Good oh, man. Right? I'm telling you. And afterwards, Cindy's like, You know, Ness could have said, I don't care, we'll do it. But I'm like, Well, he also has to play nice with the people he's working with. Yeah, he doesn't just want to arbitrarily. Yeah, you pick know, your battles. Like, why, why create yeah. trouble? So, and I play. I went through the right course to do it. So yeah. he goes, Mikey. I said, okay, we'll get one with you and Mikey. He's, okay, and then he reaches over quick before they take the picture, and grabs the picture that Mikey did, Aww. and held it up while they. Yeah, so we got a couple pictures. That's cool, right? We got a couple pictures That's of really that, cool. and then a few with with all of us. And then we had to, you know, mosey on our way. But it was great seeing you and great seeing you. I said, oh, am I doing this right to get you on the Never Gets Old podcast? I didn't want to step on anybody. But to, should I go through the Never Gets or the uh, Video Ranch? I figured I've been talking to, like, I don't know, Patrick, I think his name was. He goes, no, no, right. yeah, that's, that's the good way to do it. Do it through them because then they'll organize it. Because I'm hearing him on a whole bunch of podcasts now. Good. Yeah, great. But I'm still going <clears throat> TikTok. Like I, I'll be here forever. But yeah. if you're doing these other ones, I don't know how much time he's giving them. Maybe 15 minutes. But yeah, I, my thought was, come on, some night, relax. We'll shoot the bull for an hour. We can talk about anything and everything. And I don't want it to be a bullet point interview. Yeah, you know, because we have this nice rapport where it's just a gentle, relaxed conversation, casual conversation. Yeah, and I would like to have that that we get in a couple minutes without a thousand people at my back. Right. You know, and so when I sent the the CDs, I did a, a little thin case like this. Gotcha. And filled it, filled it with the necessities. Um, I sent a note and explain that like you know i'm here just let me know I i'll work around however you want to do and he's easy enough once you he finds the time but now right now he's rehearsing because this month he's going to do first national band which was his band after the monkeys okay uh where he's doing that like a reunion type thing of those songs but bringing in his children to also be background musicians and singers. And, oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. That's nifty. Um, so he's doing, he just keeps adding shows. He's only supposed to do three or four, and now there's this place and that place. And the Troubadour, where he the, used to. The snowball that ends up happening, you know. Yeah. One turns into three, into five. And he so, doesn't yeah. want to travel to tour. That's the thing. And I agree, because I think it was Peter said. Uh, you you don't get paid to perform; you get paid to travel. That's where the the work is. To play yeah. music for people is the happiest thing in the world, but to sit on a bus for hours on end is killer. Yeah. But um, 
So yeah, once they get back from that, I also send them a Christmas card like I do every year. Um, also with the hey, don't forget. <laughs> um, I'm trying to be gentle and not be a yeah, pest. pushy. But I wait every couple months and then check in just to see. But now I know, hopefully, after this, hopefully he'll be open. But God love him. He's, he always has irons in the fire. I adore this man. He he always has so many. He never retires. He just keeps going all the time. Yeah. Um. So, okay. So that happened. Cool. You know, and it was sweet. And it was, like, so cool. And Cindy just... Yeah, it's like, he's so sweet. And everybody said that. Anybody we ran into afterwards was like, did you see Mike Nesbitt? Isn't he sweet? Like, you know, commenting. Because why would you not? It be? means a lot. Yeah. I mean, it means a lot when, when an actor or actress or musician or whomever is like that. Exactly. Um, And it's not, I, I'd say the hardest part of any celebrity thing is, well, look at Mike, uh, well, besides Michael Nesmith, Richard Dean Anderson came in a day early mm -hmm. and kept going, 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 going to the point where his body was wrecking him and he had a migraine. Like, and that yeah. was on the last day. You know, I mean, that would be the hardest part. But as far as being nice to people, that's not bad. Well, that's, you know, well, not good stuff. But, um, okay, so let's see. So after that, oh. Okay, I'm gonna. Hit, I, I don't know what order this is gonna be in, but this is really cool. That's fine. At one point, we come down an aisle, and there's Butterbean, the boxer. Oh wow! He's sitting off to the side. I'm telling you, you got boxers, musicians, actors. Uh, <laughs> you never. It was such a great, eclectic group. Um, gotcha. We come down the aisle, and we pause. We're like, all right. So who are we gonna try and see next? Tony Danza was somewhere. But apparently there was a line, and it was a pain to see him. And I'm like, eh, I like the guy, but my time's valuable, too. Yeah. And that's so when, if you get you know, to him, great. If not, yeah. eh, no hair off your back. Exactly. Yeah, I, uh, I have that a lot of times when I'm at certain certain conventions. I'm like, these are the, the benchmark people I got to meet. And then mm -hmm. everybody else, eh, if I get to it, I get to it. If not, eh, I'm not going to sweat. Right? It was that same mentality after going to Comic-Con. I met Kevin Conroy, and I met the doctor. After yep. that, whatever. Um, so now I'm like, well, we got to see, we got we got to see Murdoch, we got to see Michael Debar, mm -hmm. and I hear the guy standing, sitting next to us as we're taking a break or whatever, getting a drink of water, He's talking to Mikey. Hey, you having fun? Smile. And, and Mikey's smiling at him. He goes, "There you go. Yeah, look like you're having a good time." So he just starts talking to him. And they're just going back and forth, which then gets us involved. We had like a 15-minute conversation because nobody was at his table at the time. Right. And he got a kick out of little Mikey. Well, that's cool. And he's, yeah. He's like, hey, I'll tell you what, bud. You, you got to remember, it's easier to ask for forgiveness than it is for permission, right? Right? <laughs> and Cindy's standing behind him, looking him dead in the eye and going, no. No. <laughs> no, we're not giving him that advice. No. And his wife was very sweet. And it was, you know, it was like an impromptu yeah. shoot the bull session with, with a nice, sweet guy and his, you know, nice, sweet wife. Yeah. And then we're, we're, we're standing in the aisle and it's like New York Comic Con. It's that crowded. You got 
Find us, find a spot against the pole and don't move if you want to take a break. Yeah. I look and here comes this leather clad guy with the sunglasses on walking by me. It's Michael DeBar. Definitely Murdoch's handiwork. I could fix it if I only had some duct tape. <laughs> well, I'm like, hey, Mike. He's like, yeah. He's like, hey. And I, and I, and I grab his hand. He reaches out to shake my hand. I said, I'm Mac Jackson. Oh, hey! I'm like, hey! I didn't even have to say from the MacGyver podcast or whatever. Yeah, because he, he, you've had interactions with him on Twitter. Many. Many. Yeah. Facebook, Twitter. That's, crazy. He That's is, freaking cool. He is so... He's what you're supposed to be. He's so sweet. He's so kind. And the fact that he remembered me was flattering. He goes, hey, how are you? Yeah, that's always that's always nice. Right? I mean, I, 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 like Mikey... Mikey afterwards says, did, did he recognize you? Yeah. That's so cool. I'm like, I know. Because <laughs> <laughs> I said, hey, after I said, you know, how are you? Good. Listen, I'm going back to my table. Come find me. I'm in the Ivy room or the, uh, I don't know, jewel room. Or, they have them all named after certain, you know, minerals. Things. Yeah. Um, Teflon room. I, okay. So <laughs> I said, okay. All right, go ahead. So he goes. So we finished drinking whatever we're drinking and eating whatever we're eating and said, okay, let's go. Because he's the other one who we have to see, you know. Yep. He was the wow. We would have made the trip for him alone. And once we found out after Nez that he was there, we're like, well, obviously. Yeah, got to do it. So <laughs> they have these rooms. First of all, you're supposed to grab one of these books, I guess. Yeah. They're really not bending over backwards to hand them out to you. Yeah, they're not really like readily available. And unfortunately, that's a commonality with a lot of like horror conventions. That's kind of like an afterthought of, oh, shoot, I guess we should hand these out. Right. So I'm we're looking for it. <clears throat> it's down this hall, and there's offshoot rooms for different groups. Okay, you want to see uh, Alice Cooper's band? Well, they're in that room. You want to see, I don't know, here, let me just open one up, I'll tell you. Uh, the accelerators are in a room. Uh, I don't know them. Uh, there's the titanium room, the aluminum room, and he was in the aluminum room. And, you know, you got these, they, they threw him in the music guys, because he's a musician, mm -hmm. a very successful uh, singer. But we don't know where these are. So we're like, all right, we'll find it, we'll find it. As we walk in, there he is. And he sees, he goes, hey, there's my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Always love hearing that, I'm sure. Right, yeah. And I'm like, hey. I said, boy, I'm glad you told us what room you're in because we had a heck of a time finding it. So and he kind of looked at, at who he was with uh, and, and kind of looked at her like, uh-huh, you hear that? Do you hear what he just said type of thing? And... We had a great conversation. He was so sweet to Mikey. Uh, we were talking about, oh, well, I'll tell you what happened. We had a nice conversation with him. We said, you know, I'm like, can I get, I'm, would you sign my logo, you know, the MacGyver podcast logo? He said, yeah, absolutely. And he, he enjoys it. He appreciates it and likes That's our podcast. Cool. Yeah, which is fantastic. Hey, as, long, as long as we stay on the good side of uh, Murdoch. Uh, Murdoch, I'm I'm all down for that. Yeah, I don't I don't need to you know suddenly <laughs> find a snapshot of myself you know in my mailbox. That'd be a little unsettling. <laughs> yeah, 
And uh, so he goes, oh, hey, I have this one. Do you want that one? I'm like, yeah, Fear Hannah. And it's him with Richard Dean Anderson from um, the sixth season episode. And like okay. a candid picture of them just posing quickly for a photograph together. And he's like, yeah, yeah, if you're offering it, I'll definitely take it. He goes, well, it's not free. I'm like, no, but I'll pay the money. And like, we're joking and, you know, having a good yeah. time. And then we said, can we get a picture? Of course you could get a picture. And we get, he puts his arm around us. And he's, like I said, wonderful to Mikey. He grabs his head as we're partying and says, hey, God bless you. God bless oh. you, buddy. And... So okay, so we had a great time. I got, I got to meet. I'm gonna have to meet this man if I get to see him at a show. Yeah, I, I'm gonna have to. Well, when, I just got to take the time. And obviously, <laughs> when, when when you do, you got to mention that. Oh yeah. Me in the podcast. Like, oh okay, I know him. Yeah. So we walk out, and we, it was a great experience. We we're talking about what a sweetheart he is, and then we go to see somebody else, and uh, Mikey goes, "I have a question for him. For who?" Murdoch. I said, do you want to go back? Yeah. Okay. So we go back. Now, I don't want to seem like a pest. And I even said, I said, hi, I'm sorry. I don't want to seem like a pest. Said, no, you're anytime. Come back. As a matter of fact, when we parted the last time, he goes, come back. Whenever, if, if you find the time, come back. So we did. Mm -hmm. And I said, Mikey here had a question for you. Goes, oh, okay. What's up, buddy? He gets up and he leans on the table and gets like right in his face. And he says, I wanted to ask you, what was your favorite episode that you did? He goes, ooh, oh, wow. that's a good one. That's a, Well, I like them all. Um, but I'd have to say, boy, I love them all. They're really good. And you know, I'd have to say my favorite was, you know the one where I'm in the wheelchair and Mikey's like, yeah, Cleo rocks. <laughs> <laughs> probably made probably made his day a bit. Like, wow, okay, this kid knows. Well, because he remembered, and we talked about that. I said, yeah. he goes, oh, that's right. You told me that he was surprised and it shocked him when he saw me get out of the wheelchair. I said, yeah. He goes, oh, oh, okay, yeah. We said, well, in that one, you know the song that that Penny sings? Yeah, I wrote that. I wrote that. So that has a special place in my heart. <coughs> so now we start commenting on every episode that he's in. Yeah. I said, he asks whenever we're going to watch a MacGyver, is this a Murdoch episode? That's he a goes, fair question. He goes, oh, that, that fills my heart to know that. Yeah. That is fantastic. And and I said, the one, the one where you remember in the sixth season where you're under the rocks and all of a sudden your hand is there and you say, bam! And the knife comes up. He goes, I love that shot, he said. I actually have a picture of me, I, I wish I brought it. Now he turns to the person he's with. He goes, see, I, I you don't know what people are going to know you for. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I'll i know this from now on. Whenever I go to these, I'll make sure I bring Murdoch pictures. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I know oh, about yeah, your music. Like, yeah, nothing against his music or anything, but I definitely would want a, a Murdoch photo signed. Right. Well, he's been acting since the 60s, too. Oh, yeah. he's He's got quite a filmography right i said i know your music too but you're murdoch i mean nobody's ever gonna do and i talked about he's listening to the audio series mm -hmm. which i as i told you i have recorded and i am now in the middle of editing yeah 
get on that. I'm chomping at the bit for the next episode. I'm so excited for you and everybody to hear it. I said, I told him, I said, you know, it's very Murdoch heavy. And what I said is I'm trying to get the timbre right. He goes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He goes yeah, that's, it could be difficult. I said, because you start off charming as can be, and then all of a sudden drop into it. You know, when you're going to punctuate your sentence, you do that. He's like, yeah. I said, and that's creepy as can be. And so, <laughs> so it's great. So he starts swapping stories with us. And he's talking, cool. Yeah, he said, that I did my own stunts on that, coming out of the, the rocks. And, you know, he goes, next time I'll bring more pictures. And he goes, oh, you know what, buddy? And he leans down, back down to Mike. He goes, you know Dana Elkar, who plays Pete on the show? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, well, he had, and he looks up at me, and he goes, Mac, you probably, Oh, you already know this, I'm sure. (laughs) Who am I telling? You already know this, but I'm going to tell him. Dana Elkar, he was big into theater, and he had his own theater group. And he said, uh, now this is him saying this all on his own. I did not prompt him. I wasn't going to discuss the topic. He Uh goes, you know, a good actor couldn't even make a bad script work. And I said, well, he goes, he goes, not that MacGyver had bad scripts, but and I said, no, but you got to give credit to Dana Elkar for saying lines realistically that I can't see other actors pulling off. Like how many times can you go, MacGyver, what are you doing? And make it sound sincere or a variation of that. Like yeah. watch any episode where he's with MacGyver doing something. And odds are good that he's going to deliver a line along that. Which I can't see many other people doing. And that's a, a type of line. What are you doing with that thing? Could come off so corny and terrible and just stupid. But Dana, yeah. Dana Elkar did. He said, so Michael says, yeah, exactly. Like the, that's the type of thing, you know. He goes, that's what this other thing, this other show, this reboot thing, doesn't have. Yeah. You're not the line, It's not written well, and quite frankly, I don't know, the acting doesn't bring it up any. So he goes, it's very, very, it's crucial, and he taught me that. He said, Dana Elkhart emphasized that all the time. Because Murdoch, if it wasn't for Michael DeBar, could, could have very easily have been a one-and-done if Absolutely. he wasn't creepy in that first one, if he didn't deliver the lines in such a way, yeah, he would have he, been the MacGyver I mean, he villain totally, he of the week. He totally owned that. He totally owned that role. Right? And, you know, you you could show them in almost any order, and the performance in each episode is just as impactful from the first to the last. And captivating. To watch Absolutely. him do his monologues or whatever, you know, which is what I tried to do in this next chapter. When he talks, he's very grandiose. And he talks, you know, oh, MacGyver, you know, like, and says his thing, and then we'll end with that type. And that is creepy and Mm -hmm. always, I mean, again, look at my son. Is this a Murdoch episode? Because he understands he's the archer. There's something about it that just, it's that, as you and I have discussed, it's the Moriarty to his Sherlock. the Joker to his Batman. You're absolutely yeah, right. Absolutely. And the Lex to his Superman. I mean, it's it's every character. Enemy. Yeah, every character has that antithesis that is their villain. Yeah, 
and I mean, they have other villains in their gallery, sure. but there's that one that is like the pinnacle. So, uh, like David Desmolchin, who's on the the not MacGyver as Murdoch, yeah. he's constantly, I mean, I like... he's constantly praising. They're going back and forth because they're so nice to each other. Like you know. Yeah. Michael DeBarge. I mean, I like the actor. Oh, he's, he's, he's fantastic. I, I told him I've he's loved, fantastic. I love him in damn near everything I've seen him in. I mean, I loved him in uh, Blade Runner 2049. I actually almost, like, stood up and was like, are you kidding me? Because of something that happened in, happened in that one. But, I mean, it was his his acting is stellar. He, he's fantastic, and I've told him as much to the point of – when he was on Gotham, I said, I always, ever since you were in The Dark Knight, because remember, that was where we first saw him. Yep. Was he was the, the uh, escaped asylum member. Yeah. Right. And he's fantastic and creepy as can be. Well, when I saw him on Gotham as the Joker's, you know, right Henchman. hand. Yeah. Revivalist or whatever. Exactly. Well, he was very Jokerish in that. And I sent him a text, and I'm trying to find the picture to send to you right now. I had said to him, ever since I saw you, in the Dark Knight, I wish that you had been chosen to be the Joker. And he sends me, he took a picture on his phone and tweeted it to me of him doing like the evil Joker. The smile? Face. Yes. Nice. And that was just for me. And I was head over heels. Well, I mean, the the man's got somewhat, I mean, and I, and I mean this in the nicest possible way. He's got a face that is very cartoon-esque. Right. He's, yeah. Like, he can just contort his face like a cartoon in, in a if way. If you look at your phone, you'll see the picture that I'm talking about. For those who want to see it, go to my Twitter page, at MacW. Oh, totally. Right? And he did that. Like, that, he and, sent and that And the funny thing me. is, the way he's got his hair slicked back, if he did little wingtips, yep. it, it could totally be the animated series joke. Yeah, isn't that fantastic? That's Somewhat disturbing. I'm going to have to close that out. <laughs> In a beautiful, beautiful way. At MacW yeah, Jackson is my Twitter handle. Go look it up. Um, so, yeah. So then, you know, like I said, we had these this great conversation. And I said, well, I don't want to, as much as I would love to stay here all day and talk, talk to you, I don't want to get in the way of anybody else who's coming. Mm-hmm. And there, there was now somebody behind us. So I thought, okay. And I said, honest to God, a pleasure to talk with you and thanks for being so wonderful and he's you know just as wonderful back saying nice things and he reaches over and he gives mikey a hug and kisses the top of his head and tells him again thank you and god bless you buddy like he was very impressed with mikey and just full of love and you know like when we're taking the picture and i have my arm around him i said you know it really is it's it's it feels right to actually meet you in person after all this back and forth on yeah. social media. That's really cool. And, you know, and that, I, I can't appreciate the fact that he's like that. Right? You right. know, that's just phenomenal. And, and so thankful for all the kind words about, like I had told him years ago, about he is one of the best villains. If, if you have to pick your top three nightmare, like villains that would give you nightmares. Yeah. It was him... The replicators, and I think at the time I said Benjamin Linus from Lost, because he was creepy too. Yeah. Um. But oh, he also said, "You want to know what a wonderful person Richard Dean Anderson is?" And he went on a, a, talking about how great he is. I oh, said, wow. "You're preaching to the choir." 
<laughs> yeah, really. I, I said, I, I, I finally got to meet him. He goes, he's like, and he loved you, right? I'm like, yeah, he was great. He's like, I know he's, he's fantastic. Yeah. He is an amazing human being. I, and to hear him, another amazing human being say that about him was wonderful. Oh, and he saw my yeah. shirt because in honor of meeting him, I wore my Phoenix Foundation Foundation shirt, sure. which he nice. didn't notice the first time. And somebody had sent a text to Cindy saying, did he notice his shirt? And uh, so when we went back the second time and he's like, oh, you know, I don't have to tell you. And I pointed to my shirt. He goes, whoa, you're hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you're just learning this now? <laughs> I'm doing an auto, audio series and a podcast? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Well, I mean, for crying out loud, I have that uh, MacGyver School of Engineering shirt that I wear. Mm -hmm. I'd like to get that at some point. Yeah. Um. So, okay. So let, let's be quickly zip through the list because I know we have other things to talk about. Many things which I'm dying to hear your two cents on. Well, of course. Uh, I met some of the people from Charles in Charge. Very cool. I met Willie Ames, who is a sweetheart. Had a great conversation with Jennifer Runyon, who I, I was like, like, Mikey's looking at her picture behind her, and she was in Ghostbusters, and that captivated him. But I said, you know, I loved you in the first episode. I knew you from Charles in Charge, but I was thrilled to see you in the pilot episode of Quantum Leap. She's like, that's right. Wow. You know that? I'm like, Hi. Yeah, I, I know. That. <laughs> <laughs> and so <Yeah. coughs> great conversation with her. Got a picture with her. Uh, Nicole Eggert was off to the side. She was being hounded by. Oh, how can I put it? Middle aged men who liked looking at her like they were talking to her, but. In my personal opinion, it was the whole. Um, they were they were mostly to ogle. Yeah, and if they can keep the conversation going, who they everybody else can just go pound sand because they don't care. They're going to talk to her. Yeah, and you know, so all right, we stood there for a couple minutes, and then I went, okay, we can't stand here all day. This guy's not moving, <clears throat> and I don't, you know, whatever. So then we also talked to uh, Alex Polinsky, who was the little brother on Charles in Charge. But oh, wow. has since gone on to do many voices in animation. Hmm. He's on Teen Titans and Teen Titans Go. Oh, wow. As one of the villains. The guy who, um, I can never remember his name. He always has the video games. He's like uh, the, the, the heavyset, long, red-haired character. Yeah, I can't think of the, think of the character name now off the top of my head. Well, Mikey was but. fascinated. He's like, wait, he does that voice? I said, yep. So, again, we're standing there. And he's talking to us, and he's wonderful. He goes, oh, I said, by the way, you follow me on social media, on Twitter. He goes, I do? I said, yep. And he goes, oh, you know, I have this bot that grabs people who do things that I would care about. And he said, well, I do a podcast. And I said, oh, and I, I'm actually in the same type of business. I do... Uh, voice acting. He's like, oh. so now we start swapping stories. Nice. And this is cool. I said, okay, how do you do it? Are you called down into like a studio? He goes, a lot of the time. Sometimes they have, they let me do it from home. I'm like, yeah, me too. I said, for me, they want me to do three takes of every line. He's like, okay, yeah, that's smart. They don't always have me do that. Sometimes I have to go back down and re-record something because they didn't like the way I did it. You know, so it's great. We're having this back and forth. 
He's like, listen, I'll come on your podcast. We could just shoot the bull any night. Oh, that'd be cool. He's like, I have nothing to do. I said, well, I don't want to, you know, if you're free. He's like, listen, I'm free every night. I'm sitting in front of my computer waiting to talk to people. Anybody. Huh. I'm like, well, I'm your guy. So I'm going to have him on at some point. That's cool. And then he's like, Mike, he's like, wait, did he do the voice of Beast Boy too? Because he was doing some voices for me. No, man, I'm the... And he starts doing his character voices for Mikey. Nice. And he goes, wait, that's not... You don't do Beast Boy? He goes, no, man. And now he does Beast Boy. I, I said, that's Sipes <laughs> who does it. He's like, yeah, he's a good guy. But yeah, I could kind of do it. So now he goes... <clears throat> And he starts doing the voice. And Mikey's, oh, wow. yeah, it was so sweet. So much so, we hit it off that... He was really having fun for his first first time out at a convention. Oh, Mikey? Yeah. Mikey was thrilled to death. We step off to the side to let the next guy, you know, talk to him. But he's talking to this guy, but he's still turning to me because I'm standing there. So he's, like, making me part of the conversation. Yeah. I just thought that was sweet. That was really cool. Good guy. Good good man. Um, yeah. <laughs> Who else did we see? Um, we saw Gene Okerlund. Not that I'm a, I went and talked to him other than saying hi. He was just walking by. Right. Todd Bridges, shooting the bull with him, just walking by. Uh, Dean Butler and Allison uh, Argrim from uh, Little House on the Prairie. Okay. Uh, Manly was who Dean Butler played. And <laughs> it was cute because they're standing, you know, sitting there looking at their phones or whatever. And we walk over and start talking to them. And Cindy goes, I I just have to tell you, you were my first crush when I was little. And he's like, oh, thanks. <clears throat> I said, oh, okay, uh, yeah, you know what? Me too. Me too. You're, you're just dreaming. And he, he laughed. <laughs> he laughed and his face oh. got red. He's like, oh, I'm so glad to hear it. <laughs> that's funny so then later on we made a point to actually uh go back and get a picture with them because cindy's like i'd like that i think that'd be he's such a nice guy you know there's something to say when you meet an actor that you know you you enjoyed as a as a younger person you know child teenager what have you and you get to meet them when you're an adult and you can truly appreciate the meeting it there's something that just fills your heart with warmth when they're genuinely more than what you would have expected, like in kindness and generosity and just yep. a human being, you know? And um, he, he was that. So and he, and he looks very much the same. I mean, hmm. he's, he's aged wonderfully. Uh, and then we're walking by a couple of the bad news bears that happen to be there. Okay. Uh, after we we walked by Todd Bridges and Gene Okerlund and the Russian Nikolai Volkov wrestlers. Okay. And you know, I'm not a wrestling fan, but I do know who Mean Gene is. So yeah, yeah, you know, just hi. And Todd Bridges was very talkative. He's like, "Hey, what was with that guy in the bathroom? Right? He wouldn't let anybody in." I said, "I know," because I guess he was standing next to me while we were waiting to go in. So like we're talking about, that, he's like, "Yeah, he was in there a while." We know what he was doing. I'm like, unfortunately, for anybody who probably, walked in after him, yeah. Probably cracked the seal, you know. <laughs> so, um, oh, and as we're walking out, I turn around and come back, because who's sitting amongst the uh, Bad News Bears guys? The actor who played Flick from The Christmas Story. Huh. 
So I go, Mikey, That's cool. come here. You know the Christmas story? Which, by the way, he's watched since this Christmas. Good. Four times, at least. He he can quote it like the rest of us now. So Good. I said, no, you know the guy, the kid who gets his tongue stuck to the pole? That's him. She said, hey, I just want to come over and say hi. This is my son. Uh, he just wanted to say hi because he knows you from the movie. He goes, oh, hey, how are you? Yeah, good. I'm not here for that. I, he goes, I'm actually here for these guys, meaning the Bad News Bears guys. I don't know if he represents them or what. I said, oh, okay, because I know you have that sports store, you know, the collection store, too, with your dad. He goes, yeah, that's that's not why I'm here. I'm not here for that. I'm just here for them. I'm like, okay. Well, anyway, nice to see you. Have a good con. Like you, yep. you, you know, little little odd interaction. Little, yeah. yeah, a little bit of an arrogant thing going on there. I'm like, pal, be happy I acknowledged who you are. Like, yeah, I, I don't know if I don't know if he was out at a Steel City Con uh, in December because I know they usually try to get a couple of the people from the Christmas Story. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. So we thought, okay, yeah, <clears throat> Mikey's yes. sake, I'm glad I did it. Otherwise, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, let's see, who else did we talk to? Oh, <laughs> okay. At a table next to each other. Oh, by the, by the way, Barry Williams was there. Saw him dressed as a hippie. I'm like, okay, didn't bother to, you know, I've, I have not heard or Odd, good things weird, from him. But, okay. But whatever. So I thought, okay, nice. Um, Danny Bonaducci and Gilbert Gottfried. Gilbert Godfrey, I know, despite his stage performance, is a very sweet man. Oh, yeah. It's it's just a whole shtick that he does right. when he's on stage. And he's there with his family. His two kids wow. are there going up and hugging him. And, you know, and, it's, and he's very, uh, Cindy said, well, he's very meek. I'm like, yeah, that's how he's born. I You know, but he sat there and he was very unassuming. Mm -hmm. So... The way they did it was they had a whole bunch of people in a line. So mm -hmm. if you wanted to see the guy at the end of the line, who was Lou Diamond Phillips, well, you had to wait because you had to get anybody who wanted to see anybody else and be, I'm like, look at, wait, first of all, I'll get to Lou Diamond Phillips. Well, do you want to see Danny Bonaducci? No, I'm good. Thank you. I would like to say hi to Gilbert Godfrey because not only do I listen to his podcast, but he's friends with Mike Nesmith. So as you do. Yeah, so obviously <laughs> as we introduce ourselves, we're, yeah. I'm like, oh, hi, uh, we're, I'm friends with Mike Nesbitt. He goes, oh, okay, yeah. Now, all walls are down. Right. And he goes, I was trying to get over to see him, but I, he wasn't there when I when I stopped by. So no, I'm, he's going to be there all weekend. I'm sure you'll get a chance. Well, sure enough, after we're done talking to him, he did get up and go over, and they had a, <laughs> a nice chat. I cool. said, I actually started listening to your podcast because you had him on last year as a guest. He's like, oh, okay. It was very sweet. We took some pictures, but just a very sweet little guy. Just, you know, he wasn't obnoxious or, hi, I'm Gilbert Gott. That's like you said, all a shtick. Yeah, it's all a shtick, yeah. And he was funny. Um, and then we went over and saw Lou Diamond Phillips. Yeah, I'm a little mad about that one, too, because, yeah, <laughs> he's because on my list of he's on your people list. to meet. Well, he, he's on my list for two reasons: Longmire, right, and Stargate. Because I loved him in Longmire and for Stargate Universe. Well, so. you'll get a kick out of this. We walk over. He's like, "Hey guys," I'm like, "Hey," and he sees Mikey. He goes, "Hey, how are you, buddy?" Makes a fuss over Mikey, and when he turns to us, I said, "Hey, I'm Mac Jackson." He goes, "Oh, okay, hey." 
he recognizes me. Yeah. Jesus. I'm telling you, it, <laughs> that was so cool. Cindy looks at me like, again, huh? That's okay. <laughs> and we had a nice back and forth. Cindy said how she liked him on Blind Spot. Okay. And then he got killed off. And I said, and we also know, besides everything else that you've ever done, I said, I loved your character on Stargate Universe. He was a real son of a bee. He goes, yeah, it's the same producer, too. So I don't, we're, we were joking. We're like, did you run over his dog or something? Because he kills you or treats you badly in every show he has you in. And I did. I told him about that one line where it's revealed that you're the you've been you're the bad guy. You're the one that they've been looking for. And Colonel O'Neill or General O'Neill is on with you. And you're doing this big long speech and you say, you know, uh, what makes you think you're so special? And he's listening to me. He's like, Yeah, 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 I remember that. And it's a, and it cracks me up that O'Neill goes, I know what makes me special. And he laughed. He goes, yeah. And we all just stood there for a, a couple beats staring at him like, I, what, you, you took the wind out of my sails. <laughs> and they kept it. And, you yeah. know, and I said, that is such a great moment because you are so intense and so powerful. And to have the air be sucked out of the room in that second. And just goes. Yeah. Like, well, I, 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 so. It's like, son of a bitch. Just a sweet guy. And, of course, you know. He's great on Twitter too. He responds to you and everything. So yeah. yeah, and then we got our pictures. I gotta, them. I gotta get on. I gotta get on Twitter more often. I, I, I gotta get off my butt. Well, I'll tell you, just for promoting things that you want alone. That was Richard Dean Anderson, and that was promoting was the reason why I thought it was worth doing. Yeah. Um, we saw Larry Thomas, who was the soup Nazi on Seinfeld. Yeah, he's from what uh, a lot of people. I haven't had the chance to. Uh, a lot of people said he's an absolute sweetheart. Yeah, he um, he did the. Oh, you you know me from Seinfeld, of course. All these wonderful people. You can tell if they're great if they're paying attention to my boy, mm -hmm. not ignoring them. Go no soup for you. So he did it for Mikey. Nice. <laughs> and then yeah, and then <clears throat> now was he was he signing soup ladles? Yes. Okay, he, I was gonna say. The um the Steel City convention he was out at, he was like he couldn't sign them fast enough, right? So his girlfriend it's good to see next he's to still him, doing that. Who he just got married to in Vegas, um, bless his heart, was going. Hey, you're gonna get a picture. Well, we could we could have you sign. Uh, maybe he wanted to sign a ladle. We give you a ladle. How much? Ten bucks. I'm like on top of. Whatever else this is, yeah. yeah, we're good. Thank you. That's actually not hateful. It's a ladle. Yeah, well, it's a ladle, yeah. ten buck ladle on top of a signature. If you wanted it, you know, I'm like, True. we just want the picture. I'm, I don't want to deflate your enthusiasm, but we had this nice conversation. I'd rather it not be talked about money. Yep. So uh, anyway, continue. But no, it was great. We. Uh, we saw like Larry Storch from F Troop, that poor guy. I mean, he's still there. Oh, wow. He's with his wearing the F Troop hat, and he was sitting next to the guy uh, Bradley Bulk, who did like the claymation of um, Rudolph and oh, all wow. of those. Yeah, I mean, big, big, big name to people who know and pay attention. 
And I should probably have liked to have seen him. I just walked over and, you know, said hi and uh, said how much I appreciate their work. And poor Larry Storch. Mm-hmm. I mean, God love him for dragging himself out because he looked unhealthy. He looked like he was in rough shape. Yeah, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Uh, some of the people who said they were going to show up didn't. Like Ed Begley Jr. couldn't show up. Um, what's his name from uh, uh, Alan Ruck? Who from Spin City and from Ferris Bueller's Spin Day City, off, Ferris Bueller's Day didn't Off, show up. Uh, Star Trek Generations. Yeah, all of that. I was looking forward to meeting him. But um, well, depending on where some of these celebrities live, they might have been concerned because of uh, wildfires that have been going on out in, in October. Dude, the state's been on fire since August. Yeah, you get used to that though. Uh- <laughs> I mean, Michael Roker at, at Dragon Con, he was getting updates constantly. He's like, screw it. I got insurance. That's what it's for. Oh, we, so we talked. I got neighbors that are willing to, I got neighbors that are going to grab the stuff that I want out that's important, but the rest of it can burn. I'm like, okay. okay. <laughs> Moving on. Um, kind of crazy. G- Gabrielle, or yeah, Gabrielle Cateris from uh, 90210. I'm not sure, familiar with that. She, My sister-in-law she probably the, would she, be. Cause... She always got teased because she's supposed to be a high schooler, but she was like the oldest. Uh... Oh, she was the older of yes. the actors or actresses. Okay. Well, she, we were in a room just, you know, because we, we would walk in every room just to see who there was who's there, and yeah. whatever. And while we're there, as hot as it was, she had a blanket on her. Oh, wow. So Cindy's like, oh, look at her there. I said, all right, let's go say hi. So we walk over and I'm like, why do you have a hi? Why do you have a blanket on you? What uh what 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 do you think? And she's like, I have the air conditioning right above me, so we had a nice back and forth. We talked because there's nobody standing behind us for a while. So, you know, it's nice when you have that. Just a couple minutes to shoot the bull. Oh, absolutely, yeah. You know, Mikey it, was telling her who he's gonna be for Halloween and that type of thing. She, she wanted to know. Yeah, I did that with um uh, the actress that played Lady Heather. Oh, I was right. at a convention uh, a couple years back, and it was one of those. I wanted to go talk to her. I wanted to say hi, but it was that I was reduced to a freaking child because <laughs> it's Lady Heather, you know. <laughs> and uh, worked up the nerve, went and talked to her for a little bit, and she she was an absolute sweetheart. Yeah, she seems it. Um, that's funny too because Mikey's now getting into CSI. He knows who Grissom is. But they, they're starting to show them, like, from his seasons. Yeah. Right from the beginning the other day. So, we, I, you know me. I'm going to sit down, even though I have them on disc. I'm watching them. And he's like, ooh, this is interesting. This is good. Very well done series. So I, that's one that i got to so get. excellent. You don't have? Oh, well, if you get the fire stick. if you. I have the fire stick. Okay. See if you can just watch it on. It's up to you. Whatever. Yeah. Well, but no. He's I, in at least eight seasons. I think he's, like, yeah. in eight and a half seasons. Yeah, well, um, I mean, I'd I'd watch, I'd suffer through nothing against you know no, no, no. the actor, but uh, the guy that was before Ted Danson, yeah, I can't think of his damn name. Yeah, oh, crap. I, I know. I I can tell you any other moment of the day at the moment. Fishburne. Only, there Lawrence you go, Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne. Thank you. I mean, I like the actor. He's but great, but his character was not like I think the character was just not well, well thought out. Yeah, or bad, like, bad thoughts. Let's make them horrible. Oh, yeah. Okay. I think 
I think had they had him in as like the Nick Stokes to Nick Stokes being the one in charge, Agreed. it could have done better. Agreed. Eh. Um, Tomato, tomato. Anyway. So then, you know, we went walking through the aisles. Now, Cindy had to take a break. She went and sat down. But Mikey and I went up and down the aisles of the merchandise room. Okay. At one point, again, I'm having conversations with people. Looking at merchandise, telling them Mikey stories of, oh, here's a series I used to watch, blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden, some woman starts talking to him from behind the counter. And she's all tattooed up. She's got the piercing. She's like at her... I don't know. Could be anywhere between 30s and 50s. But you can't tell because she's all leathered and yeah. tattooed up. But she's talking to him. So I, I didn't know it. I tried to say, oh, pardon what? She can't. Now, here's the thing that I remember. Instead of going, oh, no, I was talking to him. She makes a gesture like, mm, not you, him. And I'm like, oh, you, you stay behind that counter right now, Jen. You know what I mean? Hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's a little weird. I'm like, okay. But then, okay, they talked. It was nice. It was good for Mikey. I just hmm. thought, boy, you should work on your uh, social skills. Yeah. But overall, obviously, phenomenal. We went afterwards. We stopped at a local um, Mexican restaurant uh, that was authentic. And you know, just had a nice ride home. Good, but yeah, good. it's it's. I'm we, <clears throat> as we're walking to the car. Cindy said, "You know, Mikey, because of your maturity, it's like you're one of the gang. You don't feel like you're an add-on. You're not. It's not us and and our boy. Yeah, he he made himself just feel like one of the group. Yeah, and that's good. He wasn't obnoxious. He he wasn't tired. He wasn't." He understood the significance of meeting all those wonderful people, even if he didn't know what they were from, some yep. of them. Like, he never saw a Little House on the Prairie, but he knows a nice person when he sees it. Absolutely. And, well, and the fact that he thought, I mean, the fact that he was mindful enough to say, you know, that he would like to have asked Murdoch a question. question. Yeah, yes. Murdoch a question. And then you immediately, like, well, you know what? Why not? Let's, let's yeah. hop back and... Even if that... it were a long line, I would have done it. But, yeah, absolutely. And he was nervous. He's like, I, I kind of feel like I, I, because I, I said I understand you don't want to miss an opportunity. He goes, right? Is it okay? Yeah, that's that's good. You got a good kid there, right? Um, and of course he was in complete awe of Nez, so he didn't get to say much. Yeah. And because of the thousand people behind us, you don't get as much time as you would say with Murdoch. Not because right. of Nez pushing you out. He would. He oh no, no, no! You you want to be respectful to the people behind you as well. Absolutely, yeah, it's the that. handler guy who's like, "Okay, we got to keep it moving, guys. We're, like, oh, we're we're on our way out. We've done this before. Yeah. Nice to see you." Oh, so cute too. So then later on, before we left, Nez went out to the monkey mobile, which was there, and we got a picture with Mikey. He's nice. like, "Holy crap! That's the monkey mobile for ten bucks. You can go get your picture taken in it." Wow, so that's actually uh, fairly damn cheap. We did, and I'm sitting in the driver's seat where Mike Nesmith sat in the monkey mobile. Nice. And Mikey's just, his mind's blown. Well, Nez had gone out. If you wanted to spend the money, you could get a picture with Nez and the monkey mobile. It's Probably like, for a, another nominal fee. Exactly. Too much for my blood. But, again, trying to watch our pennies and all. But we, yeah. we happened to walk outside when it was happening because people were gathering around and watching or whatever. It was just, it was so sweet. He, he A baby comes up and is touching him and, you oh. know, touching, yeah, and the little baby had a Mike Nesmith hat on. And, 
<laughs> you know, grab, grabbing his nose and grabbing his face, and it was just a yeah. sweet moment. Doing, doing what babies do. Yeah. yeah, and we talked to to Lindsay while we were out there, and it was a it was a great day. It's what it's supposed to be. Is basically yeah. my my point. And by the time you leave, you're like, all right, sleepy time. I this is killing me because you're going, going, going. Yeah. Um. Oh man, there's so much to talk to you about. Well, let's talk. All right, pick a topic because I have well, my list. I'll, I'll hit the cliff notes of uh, my Steel City Con. Yes, I saw pictures. And, uh, and my Monster Mania one, quick. Uh, Monster Mania, uh, people we went to meet, mostly just wanted to meet uh, Rose McGowan, Walter Brimley, mm -hmm. the you know the, the guy from the god-awful Ewok movie, and uh, Cocoon and all that. Dude, that guy was like grandfatherly. Yeah? Sweetest as could be. He was just very calm, you know. He, like my fear was, he was going to be very angry because I've got diabetes. And nope, he was cool. He's like, "How are you? Wait, how are did you?" you say Walter Brimley, yeah, Mr. Diabetes himself. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he and he was so freaking cool. It, like we walked away, and I'm holding the photo that Jess got signed, or holding the DVD that she got signed, and I and I turned back and just smiled at him because it was like it was such a genuinely nice like i told her i said it's like going to see your grandfather right now i never had that experience because both mine were, had passed yeah, on before i, I was born but still it's just like that that was that was amazing and i actually made a point to say something to um one of my friends that are always at the the monster mania conventions like if you didn't get the chance to go meet him go go take take the five minutes to go get yep. in the line yep, yep, yep. um we got to meet Rose McGowan. Very she? nice. She was, yeah, she was, you know, very like, you know, two, three minutes tops with her and everything. Got her sign, got her, uh, got a photo of her from Scream signed. Cause it was my first horror film that I watched on my own without any provocation or anything. Right. Uh, just got to meet the guy from Wishmaster, which I can't think of his name. He was donating like half of the money that he was making towards uh, areas that were being flooded okay. at the time. Uh, somebody from Hellraiser. Sure. Uh, one woman from that movie, which I, she could I, be Bob. She could be Billy Hope for all I know. I, I wouldn't, you know, there's so many of those damn films. But um, one of the other celebrities that I wanted to meet was these twins that are directors. Okay. That they're always, you know, minor characters in their movies called the Soska sisters. Okay. I want whatever the heck these girls drink because they had so much energy. They were up and down, up and down, out, out from behind their table, coming around, hugging everybody, you know, taking the five minutes. Even if it was just to say hi, you know, love your films or love your cameos or whatever. They were just boom, boom, boom on all day. And they're just so much embraced the appreciation of their fans. Like I'd, I'd made a point to tell them, I said, the fact that you know you guys are behind the scenes most of the time, but you're you're here and you get to interact with your fans. To me, as a fan of one of your movies that I've seen, that means the world. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And she goes, well, the, the one goes, well, quite honestly, this is how we know that you know we're actually doing our job right. Because we could have shown up and nobody cared to see us. 
but clearly we're, we're on to something with what we're doing. So thank you for coming out and saying, saying hello and everything. And then my wife decided to kind of embarrass me by saying, oh, yeah, by the way, you know, the one movie that you guys did, American Mary, he's not a horror fan. But he sat and watched this on his own and didn't even tell me or anything. We're watching, we're flipping through Netflix, and he goes, Oh, yeah, I saw that movie. That's really good. So it was this weird dynamic of watching my wife try to embarrass me and not really succeed. <laughs> but uh, but it was just it was really neat getting the chance to meet, you know, a horror celebrities sure. that you know, I would generally not have really cared. Oh yeah. There was, I'm telling you at this thing, I'm looking, there's people from nightmare and Elm street, like the whole cast. Oh yeah. Robert I mean, England, it's of course. Yeah. And Robert England, if you get the chance to meet him, he's fascinating just to sit and watch. Yeah. He's a sweet Cause guy. no matter what, he will always try to include everybody in on the conversation. But yeah, she saw Heather, Cindy saw Heather, uh, Langen camp. camp there who looks very good. Oh she yeah, she's aged very well, right? And there's um, Danny Lloyd from you know Red Drop, Red Drop. Uh, yep. But she sees Heather and goes, "Oh, I know her. I'm not even a big horror person, but I know her." Well, yeah. I mean, I think she was the first uh, girl survivor that got right. away. And then she was in, she was in the the other one too, mm-hmm. where it was the real life, you know. Yeah, but yeah. So that was that was Monster Mania. We did uh, Steel City Con, which we vend at. Yep, saw those pictures. Yep, and I, you know, you may, you know me. I always try to get the celebrity photos up as quick as quick as I can. Although the uh, Still City Con ones got delayed because uh, I'd met a couple of people from the Twin Peaks series. Uh-huh. Now, when I when I went there, my intentions were to get Cheryl and Finn, and, um, Laura Hearn from or not, yeah. From uh, Twin Peaks mm-hmm. and Stephen Weber from Wings. Sure. And he was Weber. on Helix and We're Live Lockdown, which I mentioned to you before before we hit record. Um, but like those were the two people I wanted to get. They were like, that was it. Sure. That's who I, who I wanted. So I'm standing in line for Cheryl and Finn, and she's she's got a long line but she's taken the time with everybody she took like five minutes easy for everybody and she's posing with photo for people with photos and she's she's got i told her i said you've got your selfie game down so here's my phone you can take the picture i don't want it to, i i'd make it blurry you know and she laughed and we took the photo but i'm watching her interact with her fans and they're just you know I'm, you know we're seeing i'm seeing little kids that are like maybe mikey's age and then people my age, maybe a little older, and she's just so appreciative of the time with everybody and answering their questions as obscure as they might be or whatever, as best as she can. And then I turn and I look to the to her left, and there's the uh, actress and actor also from Twin Peaks, and um, Kimberly. I can't think of her last name. She was vo- she does a lot of voice work. She was uh, Alice in one of the animated series Batman episodes. Okay. Um, and then Harry Goes, who played uh, Andy. You know they they were part of the police department in. Sure. And I'm watching the two of them interact, and I felt ba- like my heart ached for them because here's Sherlin's line, and it's like fifty people long, and they've got like two. Oh yeah. And I'm just watching them, and they're making 
a big deal out of every single person that walked up to them. And I'm like, you know what? That's that's phenomenal. You know, that that's that really means a lot. And I, I knew Jess was gonna be getting their autograph for our friends. So when we got back to the table when I got back to the table, I slipped her two police badges from Twin Peaks and I said, Do me a favor, give this give one of each of these to Harry and, and Kimberly. You sure? Yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll put the money into the business that way it's it's covered. Okay. So she goes and Kimberly puts the thing on right away. I think you can see it in the one photo that I'd posted on Facebook. And then Harry apparently didn't put it on right away, but when Cheryl Lynn Finn's table got low, he had like showed her like, "Hey, look what a fan gave me." She took it from him. Ah. And she stole she, it. She, yeah, she 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 swiped it from teasingly i am I'm, I'm assuming and uh so i'd gone over to to thank them for coming out and their and everything and he's like i i don't want you to yell at her or anything but sherlyn sherlyn took my took my badge and i'm like oh you you know i said i feel stupid i could have brought one to her if she'd wanted one i i hadn't even thought of that he goes, oh, he's he's she's probably going to give it to her her little boy. And I'm like, oh, that's right, she does have a kid, doesn't she? She's like, yeah. So it's okay, you know. I'm like, no, 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 I'll make this right. Don't worry. So I went back to the table, grabbed another one, I handed it to him, and like, she must have seen, like, she must have seen it in my hand when I was walking back over, and he took it from me. He's like, thank you very much. You know? <laughs> it's just so sweet. But it was so funny because I'm. I'm like I'm getting a first row seat to these two interact, and dude, if they are not a couple, I'm, it's a crime against humanity because okay. the the banter back and forth was perfect. Like, you know, well here, let I'd like to get a photo of the two of you. Uh, let's go with this one that way. It, it's the two of you on the same photo. Okay, well, what's your name? I said, well, my name's Nathan, and I spelled it out for Kimberly, and she's writing it, and Harry's talking to me, and uh, I'm engaging with him. And she slides it over, and he goes, and he looks down, and he goes, does that say Matthew? Mother? I, I, it's hard to tell. I'm like, oh, no, it looks like it says Nathan to me. And Kimberly's like, what? No, that says Nathan. That's what he said. And he, she swipes it, and she shows it to the handler, and the handler's like, I'm staying out of this. <laughs> and she just rips the thing in half, throws it over her shoulder, and goes, I'll show you. Grabs a different pen. Very slowly writes the name <laughs> and she's just bantering on about like well tonight was sex night but not anymore and it's just like oh my god like i look at the girl that walked up with me and i'm like i, I i'm kind of afraid now i might have just gotten this man in trouble I need an adult. and yeah really and he goes wait a minute it's saturday i thought that was for play night and i'm like oh my god like i'm getting bright red yeah. because i'm not or if this is an act or if this is for real <laughs> so like just spent three hours on her phone that night trying to find out if they were really a couple or not i went i looked at their convention appearances and they're everywhere together hmm. and usually if couples are like if actresses or it's actors are married sure. they're usually in that yep. type of situation unless one's working or whatever but it was just so comical watching these two interact i told them i said you i said Honestly, I, I was here for Cheryl and Finn and Stephen Weber, but you guys made my weekend. Thank you so much. Nice. Yeah. And it was just, they're just so genuinely entertaining to just watch. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so that was 
the that was the last two conventions I went to because you you and I talked about Dragon Con and oh, yeah. uh, New York Comic Con the last last one of these we did, but uh, yeah, it's just absolutely insane. Um, um, <clears throat> topic wise, what else could we talk oh, about? I know. Uh, movies. Yeah, well, uh, two things in particular <laughs> we have to talk about. All right, uh, let's go. Star Wars. Last Jedi. All right. Did you like I, it? I loved it. I honestly wasn't sure I was going to like it after hearing the first initial like critiquings that people were doing. Like the critiquings they were doing, but not trying to spoil yeah, yeah, anything. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved it because I told Jess, I said, once we walked out of the theater and like the gravity of everything hit us, I said, this movie had the like the desperation, the gravity. Spoilers, by the way, for anybody who cares. Right. Uh, of, of Rogue One. And the serious tones that the Empire Strike Back had. Hmm. Like, it, it, was a, it was a good transitional film that needed to happen. Hmm. I know there are critiques that people had. Oh, there's too much humor. With some of the sh- the stuff With that the happened, heaviness in the film, that was going on, you needed it, needed it, and it stayed true to the characters that had those comedic moments. I mean, Poe, the first time we see him interacting with the big bad and uh, Force Awakens, Force Awakens, he's cracking jokes like, "Do you talk or do I talk?" Yeah, you know, it's like that fit with the character, and I like how they had characters make a decision, hold their guns to that decision, shit hits the fan. And they have to learn from it. Yeah. Um, I know there are people critiquing about the whole side mission with the trip to the casino and everything. Somebody said that to me yesterday. I said, said it was but, completely useless. No, actually, it wasn't. If you sit down and look at it, that's what they said. I'm, I'm yeah, it, it, and it's not. They have to go back and look at it. What was the ultimate outcome of that? You had a character whose sole purpose was to get out of Dodge. Right. He had to finally pick a side. He was a code breaker. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. I'm, I'm talking about Finn. First film, or the entire Force Awakens, he's out for himself. He wants to just get off Jakku. He wants to get as far away from the First Order as he can. Mm-hmm. He'll utilize the Resistance if it helps him get to his goal. Mm-hmm. And we saw him starting to go down that path right at the beginning of The Last Jedi. And then Rose <laughs> zaps him and, you know, sure. more or less forces him to make a decision. But it's through hers, her eyes of that mission, of that planet that they had been dispatched to, that he realizes he's going to have to pick a side. Mm-hmm. And then you finally see him throwing down against another example of a criminally underused character asthma uh we see him finally make a side or pick a side you know rebels come he he chooses where he stands right you know but i mean i i thoroughly loved it i think i mean i understand why you know people's initial reactions were what they were i i love the fact that mark hamill has actually come out and said he regretted the critiques he had about it before he had seen the finished product. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I like I told Jess, I said, I mean, I loved Mark Hamill before that right there just kind of like pushes me off the edge because 
he admitted he did what we all do. He prejudged. You think it was, I, I, is that how you took it? That he, I, he I, talked about it before? I took it as he was saying how he felt after the fact. Oh, no, no, no. He had actually come out in interviews before he had seen the film okay, I've, when I've he had seen, seen the initial recently. script. Yeah, when he had come out and said all that in it was uh, it was before but he had since then uh tweeted um i think it was just the other week that he actually regretted yeah he wished planting he didn't say it yeah planting that seed because seeing the finished product it made a lot more sense he said the way the, the way that he sees it is that's not my movie i'm not the i'm not the writer it's not yeah. how i would have taken the character but it's not my movie i have to just accept that yeah so um, to, to see an actor that invested be mature enough to actually say that 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 means a lot sure yeah but yeah i i, I thoroughly enjoyed it i think um hopefully knock on wood it taught fans that they need to invest less in a lot of the uh theories sure. and just sit back and enjoy the films sure um the the fact that you know everybody was nitpicking oh all, all the force awakens is is just a rehash of a new hope and this, then you know this was they, not yeah they they turn around and say okay well, we're gonna give you a sprinkling of nods here and there but we're gonna make something completely unique and make it you know, still within the realm of Star Wars. And then the the fans, you know, there are fans out there that pissed and moaned. And I'm like, you have one or the other. You can't have both. You know, you want the nostalgia filled filledness or do you want something unique? And I told uh, something I told Jess, I said, if you listen to the dialogue of Luke's when he's talking about the Jedi, it makes you realize that with the prequels we were seeing the jedi at their most pompous arrogant we can't be defeated because we're jedi right, we're right, right, right. you know it it really helped put that all into light and i think with the fallout from this we may see the jedi end up becoming what they once were mm -hmm. you know and i love the fact that we saw luke show truly how effing powerful he really was with the force yep. you know mm -hmm. and i love that yoda still you know is a bit of a a-hole <laughs> when it comes to you know sticking it to luke while he's you know even a force ghost you know with the whole tree thing yeah yeah, yeah. and as soon as he did that i'm like oh Yoda, you brilliant bastard! I love you. <laughs> still teaching you, or still teaching Luke lessons, even as a Force ghost, you know. <laughs> so, uh... but yeah. So those were my feelings and thoughts on it. What were yours? Didn't like it. <laughs> you and I, you and I, often did. Let you me know, tell you it's... why. Let me, okay. let me tell you why. Uh, Star Wars. First of all, I enjoy them, but it's not part of my soul. Okay. Yeah, there's things that are. Right. This is not, but I enjoy it. I always loved Han because he's the most, I think, like me, mm -hmm. humor-wise and all. 
but, you know, I'm still going to go see the movies. I'm still going to take my boy to see them. Right. <sighs> okay. Here's, here's what I feel they did. Whether I don't care how you try and look at it. Well, it's because of the last movie everybody was saying it was like Force Awakens. Whatever. I guarantee, guarantee they went, here's my here's my pitch. Here's what I'm thinking, okay? New generation of viewers, new generation of cast members. You know Star Wars? You know how you love Star Wars? It's a new Star Wars for a new generation. Okay. Understandable. You have to have new characters in there. Uh -huh. You should. You cannot just focus on the same three characters. Well, now two. Well, technically one. See, now, see but... where I'm going? Yeah. See where I'm going with this? Okay. They went, no. Get rid of the guys that people care about. And we're going to make our own guys. We're going to make our own Star Wars. And so that's what we're going to do. Now, granted... The things that you said about the heaviness of it, I agreed with everything that you said. The heaviness mm -hmm. of, holy crap, people are dying left and right as far as, like, the bombing thing. You have to drop the bombs. It's not working. Most of your fleet gets wiped out. I felt that heaviness of, oh, crap. This feels like the end. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. This movie did not feel like a Star... <laughs> didn't feel like a Star Wars movie to me so much that I look back on the prequels and go you know what they may have been political chit chat but it felt Star Wars this was a movie it was an entertaining movie it did not have that Star Wars feel after the beginning credits and they show the screen with the ba -ba 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 -ba, you know mm -hmm. I'm like okay and we're off they you can just tell they're like, we don't care what you people wanted before. You know the questions we had set up? Snoke? Who's Snoke? Doesn't matter. He's dead. Okay. I granted, I don't mind him dying because, okay, otherwise you're going, well, he's, you know he's going to live to the, at least the third movie in this trilogy. Oh, wait. No, he's mm -hmm. not. Now, they did yeah. do, and you can tell this was <clears throat> their motivation, intentionally. You're expecting this, so we're going to go the opposite way with every single decision. Say what you will about that. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, it was unpredictable. I yeah, agree. I, I did like the fact that they showed how truly uh, manipulative Kylo was. Kylo is a scary son of a bee since the last Oh, week. absolutely. He And the fact that he is, like, I, I told Jess, I said, Hux... There's going to be a confrontation at some point. There's going to have to be. If it's not in the film, it'll end up being in some book that gets released. Sure. There's going to be a confrontation between Hux and Kylo. Yes. Um, and it, it's going to be it's going to be a power play for who's who's going to be the supreme leader. Sure. I mean, you got somebody who's mentally unstable in charge of you know and all the power physically. Yeah. Agreed. So either Hux is going to, you know do a power play for for power or he's gonna be like you know what f you i'd rather see the empire burn to the ground than see you in charge i'm gonna help the resistance mm -hmm. and i agreed with what mark hamill said when the movie came out and 
said, you know, I'm going to just say it for the people who may not have heard it, where he was like, look at this is not my Luke Skywalker. Luke Skywalker, and I agree with all of this, is full of optimism. And, you know, he's looking for the good in people. And this was not my Luke Skywalker. And I'm watching it, and I'm like, yeah. Because you know what, too? We got gypped because we didn't have the 30 years of yeah, we didn't in power. We never got yeah. to see him be a Jedi. Like, okay. We didn't get to see him truly be Jedi Master Luke Skywalker. We, we didn't get to see him show off. We didn't get to see him be on mission. So here's your opportunity, and they have him be so uncharacteristic and, ugh, I hate this, and I don't want to be this, and I'm throwing the lightsaber over my shoulder. And most of the movie is her going, come on, we need you. Nope. We need you. Train me. Nope. So, you know, I'm like, I don't feel like that's Luke Skywalker. Now, as a writer and how they're trying to come out of left field and surprise the viewer, okay, fine. You surprised me. That's not who I was expecting, and it, but it's not who I wanted either. I, I didn't feel that was Luke Skywalker. I felt like it was a new character. Bottom line, it was a fine movie. It was a fine sci-fi movie, as long as I don't try and call it Star Wars. When well, when we came out, ask you a question. When we came out of there, mm -hmm. I thought to myself, I said, you know what? I even typed this. I think I posted it. The extended universe books that happen after Jedi, were there still writing stories of Luke Skywalker and Han and Leia and their mm -hmm. children? That's Star Wars. That I prefer because we all want the stories to continue. Well, and, oh, and wait, wait, wait. Before you, I get to your thing, mm -hmm. am I saying that these characters shouldn't die? No, not particularly. I'm not saying that. Right. But let's... If Luke was going to ascend... First of all, I don't know why he ascended. I've heard theories on it. Like, he, he intentionally gave up the ghost because... I think Mark Hamill said he was at peace. So it wasn't a, 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 a death by being struck down. It was a, I've used up all this energy and I did really good. I've reignited the flame of hope. I can let myself go now. I'll accept that. Yeah, it, it's the way the commentary I've heard stems from that. It's the level of exertion he had to use to project himself that distance for that length of time. Yeah. which is, it, it basically took all his life energy. Sure. Which, you know, I, I kind of feel like that's rewriting the rules. The whole thing, somebody, uh, the one I was talking to yesterday said, wait a minute. We never saw Leia being trained with the Force. Now she can pull herself out of space. Great. She's cool the scene. sister. Absolutely. She's the, but she's, she's the never sister trained. of the most powerful that we know of. We don't know what happened in the 30 years. That's what between. I'm saying. And we never, ever will. And you know what? Here's my take on that. Leave that up to the individual viewer's Ugh. imagination. Ugh. Why don't I just imagine a better movie? Because, you know, why, well, why here, did I spend the money then? You know? Well, here's my question for okay. you. Because, you know, you'd made the remark about, you know, this not being your Luke Skywalker. Matt, how old exactly are you? You know how old I am. Are you the same person you were 30 years ago? I know I'm not. I know I'm still as optimistic as I was. 
Oh yeah, I mean, I, I try know. to be optimistic, I'm, but I'm better. I'm stronger. I've learned more, but I'm still the happy-go-lucky guy that I was 30 years ago. So therefore, okay. I would expect the main hold character on. of a freaking movie to no, at least no, no, no. be somewhat on. representative of what I knew. Hold on. Have you ever been betrayed like Luke Skywalker was, where you had that moment of doubt, where you were faced with the potential? of somebody who could be just as bad, if not worse, which, okay, than the man who was your father. Let's talk on that. Let's talk on I that. I mean... Let's you're, talk on that. You're, you're Within that moment that you're justifying him being a different person, he was going to strike down a child. But did you pay attention to his dialogue? In yes. that same instance, as quick as that thought came into his head, he, it, it was him. gone. Yes, absolutely. And he was ashamed. Sure. Because he knew, in his core, it betrayed everything. So take that... a two-week vacation and then come back and be your optimistic self again. Yes, but here's the thing. He didn't have the time to even do that because in that instant, who woke up and saw sure. his uncle, his family standing over him? Sounds like a problem for didn't Kylo have, Ren. Didn't even have the chance to explain himself, and Kylo defended himself. Me. Because he didn't realize... Oh, Uncle Luke's not going to strike me down. All he saw was his family, his mentor, his sure. teacher sure. standing over him with a lightsaber. Sure. Absolutely. But again, I say to you, let it affect Luke. Shouldn't have had it change him. By the way, that whole thing, even from the, the last movie when they mentioned that, I'm like, wait a minute. That's a lot to, to go wait. So he was optimistic Luke. And, and the, the light of the force and all of that good stuff. And because of that instance, whoop, not the same guy anymore to such a degree. I went, and this is before we saw Luke. Uh -huh. I went, I'm, uh, I need more. I need more reasons. I, I need a, a then lot unfortunately, more. Unfortunately, you're never going to be satisfied. That's what I'm saying. It's because when I see him now, I'm like, no, it's not Luke that you're. And again, I understand what they were going for. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is, that wasn't Luke. It, we've been gypped again, 30 years of stories, circumstantial. But if you're going to bring the character of Luke Skywalker, okay, who is optimistic and blah, 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 blah. After 30 years, you don't start at the opposite end of the spectrum. If they were smart, you have him reflect what you knew, maybe with a lot of baggage, maybe with a darkness to him. Maybe not as optimistic. What I'm saying is they went so far in the opposite direction, it wasn't a completely different character. So therefore, despite what they, their intent was, I did not feel much like what Mark Hamill had said. It didn't feel like what we were left with before. You know what I mean? I, and because, I, I see what you're trying... Yeah, I see the point you're, you're getting. And because of that, on top of... On top of, by the way, the fact that they're like, listen, middle finger to all you people who like the original trilogy. This is our Star Wars. That's what that felt like for most of it. It just, it, I, I, no, I'm sorry. I didn't. That's how I it didn't felt. feel that I way know. after watching. I know. But and there are people who that's did your personal love it. feeling. I can't help it. I'm like, no, this was disappointing. And I liked when it was over. Mikey and I are sitting in the theater, and he goes, between Rogue One, Force Awakens, and this one. What was your favorite? He said, Force Awakens. 
Because even though it felt darker and it felt like there's changes happening, and okay, they are introducing new characters, which again, you need after 30 years mm -hmm. by all means. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting that people are griping because they're not seeing old planets. They're not seeing. I don't even a care whole about the splattering planets. of. The, the splattering of the other aliens. It's like, guys, you, you, you piss and moaned about the over nostalgia in Force Awakens. You piss and moan about this. Again, you can't have it both ways. Right. There's not going to be a balance that anyone's going to be happy I with. Never, I never went, oh, this is too much like the new hope. I'm like, no, yeah, this I mean, is great. This is great. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I love that it was an evolution of the, the, you know, the Death Star. The first Death Star, then the second Death Star was bigger under construction still, and it got kablooied. And then Starkiller Base was like the ultimate... It, it's like a Pokemon. Death Star 1, Death Star 2, Starkiller Base is the master evolution of it or whatever, you know. I, I, um... I agree. And like I said, that still felt as dark as it was. It still felt like Star Wars. Even though I'm like, I want to see the three of them together. Yeah, I want to see think, Luke in there. I, this this is my this is my prediction. Once we get episode nine, The Last Jedi is gonna be this trilogy's Empire Strikes Back. Sure. You either love Empire Strikes Back or who you don't care for it. Who? Who doesn't care for Empire Strikes Back? Between the three films, it's actually not my favorite. Yeah, but you, you most people would say it was the best of the three. I love all three. I never went, oh, rank them. You know what yeah, I, mean? I I don't I don't do the ranking thing, but between the three, it's not my between the original trilogy, it is not my favorite. I would say Jedi probably because it had yeah. the most hope. Yeah. Jedi New Well. Yeah, Jedi, New Hope, and then Empire, because it has that gut check ending. It's like... Yep, yep. And if you look at it, this one has a very similar very, feel to it. Yep. Oh, yeah, it was I mean, over. They, they were done. They gave up hope. I mean, they they had they had a freaking fleet, and it just keeps getting... Well, they had a fleet. They lost an entire bombing wing. They lost their medical frigate, their main command ship, any support ships, and they're left down to 30 transport ships that start getting freaking picked off like freaking, you know, popcorn kernels. Yep, yep, yep. And then all of a sudden they're left with six. Agreed. And then, as they're leaving the planet, it's how many ever they can cram into the freaking Falcon. Yeah. And then they get found out on their new base. I'm like, oh, man, the hits just keep coming. Oh, yeah. and they're going to blow the door off it and there's nowhere for them to go. That's cool. That's yep. that that part I had no problem with, but you could definitely tell this was a new writer writing this one as opposed to the previous. It one. was the guy who directed it. it. Yeah, and now they're bringing back J.J. Abrams for the next one. Well, the the original or the Ryan Johnson, the director writer of this one, um, Disney Lucasfilm had come out and said they're going to give him his own Star Wars trilogy anywhere within the universe to do. Mm. I'd like to see him. That's what I want to see. I want to see them, okay, we're going to wrap up, you know, the the ninth film, and then we're going to do, this is what's going on in this contingent of the galaxy at this time in the history, or while, you know, the new, the newest trilogy is happening, this is what's going off in this area, or this happens X amount of year, X, Y number of years into the future, or whatever. I want to see them show us and prove to us that Star Wars is more than Luke Skywalker, Poe Dameron, Leia, 
Han. I want to see them prove to us that Star Wars is more than a handful of characters. Hmm. See, and I, I'm thinking like with this trilogy, somebody said it. Uh, the Star Wars movies have always been about the Skywalker legacy. Which that was the prequel trilogy and the and the original trilogy. Right. Um, what I would like to see if we're going to talk about our dreams and hopes. I'd like to see Sebastian Stan come in as Luke Skywalker. As a young Luke Skywalker? Give, oh my god. give us some three, at least three, you've seen, three movie adventures of him after you've seen the movie, or, Yeah, You've seen the photos yes. of him with like, yeah, it's creepy, isn't yeah, it? <laughs> it's fantastically creepy. Yeah. Like, I'm, curi I'm curious and mildly excited for um the, the Solo movie. Are you? I mean, I'm it's... I'm curious to see what it's going to be. I mean, I, I like Rod Howard. I like this. I like what he does, directing wise and everything. Right. So I think it'll be an interesting, interesting take on Star Wars. At this you point, know. because of this last one, I'm like, whatever. I don't. I've. I'll see the next movie. I'll you know the, see the third part of the trilogy. But I was so let down by this one. I don't know. I just again. I, I think, and I'm not even. Again, it's not part of my soul like yeah Stargate like it is more so with me yeah yeah i mean start uh, a lot of stuff's part of my you know i do think you're right once you see that third film you'll be able to sit down and like okay i can appreciate the the middle because it helps get us to the end but i, I can now see the full picture instead of like a couple brushed. I was pretty yeah. much done when the, they split up the group. They said, "Oh yeah, Han and Leia, yeah, they're not together anymore." What? So then, you know, and then after this one, I'm like, "Wow, the comic book or novel that's now not canon, I prefer because that was." Well, I'm 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 the guy who wants the adventures to always continue. I don't want yeah. there to be some tragedy and split up and all that. Like, keep it going. If there's a reason to keep your hero being the hero, go. Yeah. Well, here's here's my personal, and this is just my personal feelings with the, the books. They're all fan fiction. I I don't care who who what or what. They're they're not part of the unless it's on film, unless it's in visual format. I'm I'm sorry, I can't. Yeah, but you have to remember I can't we didn't there think say we that anymore. That's why they were doing. And, and that's part of and that's honestly part of the problem. We did this to ourselves as fans. We did it to ourselves. We put we put so much expectation and emotion into these books that we made them. Oh, this is canon. This is this is part of the story. It's sure. like if you if you actually were to sit down and Star Trek. Oh my God, they're just as effing guilty of this. There is so much conflicting information in those books. Sure. It's fan fiction. Sure. It's just, it's got to be. And uh, I mean, there there have been some great Star Wars books. Don't get me wrong. I loved, loved Shadow of the Empire. Okay. But it's still fan fiction. Mm -hmm. It's sanctioned fan fiction. Well, there you go. And that's why people went, okay, it's sanctioned. So we get to take it as the continuing story. Yeah. Which I did. And I was thrilled with because, again, it's the continuing adventures. So, yeah. yeah. But anyway. That was my. Yeah, view. Okay, so now now that we now that we delved down that rabbit hole and probably probably hit a bunch of people jump shit. No, no, because it's a passionate <laughs> no. topic. So if anything, yeah. and I think people I think people appreciate the fact that you know, as good friends as you and I are, 
we respect each other's differing opinions. Right. Well, that's the whole. You know. That's friendship. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, Christ, if I wanted someone that had the same view view I do, I'd be doing this with a mirror. I was just about to and say, I'd be one, talking to the that'd mirror. Be a, that'd be a bit one sided and rather boring. Um. All right. Well, let's move on to. But yeah, you said there was something else you wanted to pick my brain about. The doctor. Oh, the Doctor <laughs> Who Christmas special. Okay. Now, wait. Let's fill people in because I feel like people who dive in to our podcast may not necessarily know what they need to know. And before we start yeah, talking specifically about, about it, our personal views on this 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 particular hot button issue, because I know you were you and I had concerns about uh, pandering and and whatnot. Right. Um, Which, okay, if we're going to get off on that topic, I'm seeing more of it since we spoke. In this last week alone, other people are noticing the... Somebody said it. For all I know, it could have been on a podcast. I think it was. Where, what's what's the big hot button topic that we can do? Women? Women. Make everybody a woman? Okay. And they were saying that. And I'm like, yeah. I mean, I know you're saying it for comedy, but there's obviously truth behind it where they're going... A couple years ago, is everybody had to have a gay character. All right, now we got to make sure there's there's a black and a Hispanic. Okay, now it's women. Let's make all our characters women. And I'm like, and I'm listening to this. I'm going, wow, yeah, okay, okay, that's that's true. But that's not even the road I'm going to go down with this. Right. I want to talk about the fact that okay, for those who are unaware, and let me tell you, as someone who didn't know Doctor Who up until a couple years ago, do yourself a favor and hop on board. Yes. Doctor Who, the only the drawback to it is if you care about mythology and rules, you have to ignore it. Yeah, if you if you have a problem with, with if you have problem with change, don't get into well, it. Obviously. But yeah. this is a show that will you will love it. You will love all the little nuances, you will love the the callbacks to itself the and callbacks everything. to itself, but the mythology, you will love what it means to our culture. The Whovian experience you will love. Mm-hmm. You will also love getting your heart only... broken. Oh, God, yeah. Because you will see a um, character in one episode that you never saw before, and by the time it's over, it'll bring a tear to your eye because that's what they do. Let alone if it were yeah. a companion or a doctor that something Oh, yeah, if, if, it's just, if it's just the person of the week, things, yeah. Things matter to people on this show, so there is that payoff. But just yeah. the drawback is you have to ignore the conflicting rules all the time yeah which it, it does at least somewhat attempt to try to correct itself as it's going on but that just gets into a whole yeah, you can nitpick it to that other mess um but yeah if you're gonna get into the series do yourself a favor if you're gonna watch an episode to possibly get yourself hooked blink there's i have three okay what's your at what are your three? three there's three and i've and it's worked because i've gotten people hooked blink okay. obviously blink is the one that got yeah. cindy uh, oh yeah, I mean it's a phenomenal episode. Blink, the girl in the fireplace. Okay. And midnight. Three good episodes. Midnight is probably like ones tw- I would suggest. Midnight is if you like the Twilight Zone. Oh god, yeah. This is dripping with the intensity of a classic Twilight Zone because and I could say this because during Christmas they the week they had. All the do- you know the Doctor Who David Tennant all- marathon. marathon. Thing, yeah. Well, they've shown Midnight a couple times, and I happen to be in the room when it was on, and it is 
always a payoff. I never get tired of it. I never, over, I can't, you know, overquote it enough. And, and I still love it. I want it go, go, go. Yeah. And it's just David Tennant alone. He's my favorite. Yeah, David Tennant's still my favorite. I mean, I've enjoyed, I enjoyed Chris Eccleston, which if you're going to, after you watch Blank, Midnight, and The Girl in the Fireplace, do yourself a favor so that you can appreciate David Tennant as the Doctor. Go back and watch uh, the first series with Christopher Eccleston. Because then you'll see the importance of David Tennant for his run. But yeah. For those who don't know... When I was a little girl, I had an imaginary friend. And when I grew up, he came back. He's called the Doctor. He comes from somewhere else. He's got a box called the TARDIS that's bigger on the inside and can travel anywhere in time and space. I ran away with him, and we've been running ever since. The Doctor is... An alien that can... An alien called... A ta- the race is called the Time Lords. He travels in space and time. In the TARDIS, which is his... The thing that looks like a police box. He brings yeah. companions with them. But here's why that we're bringing this up. Every three to four years, unfortunately because it's part of the mythology. When the doctor gets gravely wounded, he He has to regenerate, which means he has to change his cellular structure all the way down to being a completely new person. Meanwhile, it's supposed to still be his soul, his personality, even though certain traits come out that are different. Yeah. But because of that, when you love a doctor... You are going to be Prepare heartbroken. to get the heart ripped out. Yep. Joshua Adams told me when I the the artist of the Eleventh uh, Doctor comic book put it very well. He says you feel that sense of heartbreak and betrayal every three to four years because the guy who you loved and watched is now going away. Yep. Because the actor decided they want to move on with their career, they're changing showrunners, whatever, or whatever. The, or reasons. the people in charge may have said it's time. We need to shake yeah. it up. Um, in this case, we're talking about the Christmas episode where when we last left the 12th Doctor, who his last season was excellent. Yeah. Um, really, well, he, he, he has his characteristics that are now I'm going to miss. And he got gravely wounded and started to regenerate and then said no and refused. And the way it starts off in in this Christmas episode, the TARDIS lands somewhere. He walks out into the snow, and out comes the very first Doctor, who apparently, before he regenerated after they beat the bad guys, was contemplating the same thing. Was contemplating the same thing, but went for a, as they call it, a walkabout in the Antarctic by himself. And this is a story that takes place in between those moments. moments. Yep. So he cut, I, go ahead. I thought I thought the execution of bringing a bringing a new actor into a classic actor's role who had since then passed on yes was beautifully done. Yes. I I love how they they started it with that old mm-hmm. you know footage. looking footage and everything and they transitioned. Oh man, I that was beautifully done. Right. I like how they showed that because the first Doctor was dealing with his in essence baggage. Sure. It created a paradox, and it locked time down. Like, okay, well, <laughs> you can't do anything, Mister Twelfth Doctor, until 
he makes a conscious decision. That was great. Because once he makes his decision, it's going to determine whether or not you exist. Yeah. You know, I, I, I loved it. Um, I'm just going to delve, Do it. dive right Do into it. it. I liked the fact that we're seeing the 12th Doctor interacting with a younger version of himself who technically, actor-wise, was the same age. But, you know, we're seeing him interact with himself. And I could almost see any one of us doing it. Like, if we'd had the opportunity to see or talk to a younger self and realizing just the dumb crap we would do. And I love that the doctor's like, no, 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 no. Or the 12th doctor was saying this to the first doctor. You really shouldn't say that. I love that. We were laughing so hard. Like, I love the remarks of, oh, well, you know, I forget, I forget the character's name. Sally. I think he said, Sally. Oh, well, I guess Sally's not around anymore to dust. And he's like, you know, like, I don't like it. Yeah, he's just so hypercritical of everything. And I love how he had that mentality that the doctor had back then. In where, the 60s, yeah. Yeah, where women had a place. They were supposed to do this. They were supposed to do that. And you see the more educated, ironically, because yeah. it's the same sense of knowledge and everything. But he's like, eh, you, you really can't say that anymore. What are I you doing? It. You know? it, was, it made him the... the, the... Yeah, like you said, the more mature of the two. Yeah. He's usually the antagonist. In this case, he's, he's like, oh, oh, look over here. Look, something shiny. Look, yeah. don't say what you're saying to the black <laughs> or, girl. Or what's right browser here. history? Whoops. You know, that, you know, it was beautiful. And I, to me anyway, from understanding like how the doctor's regeneration somewhat are affected, I think subconsciously, at least this is the way I took it, that was what resulted in the doctor's regeneration of the woman. Now, realistically, you and I both know yeah, it's yeah, because yeah, they had yeah. already they had already cast a woman in the role. But I like how they at least did that to at least show, from a story standpoint, mm -hmm. what affected the regeneration in the way that it did. Okay, yeah, I agree. And I, and I love that you know the you know at the end of it we see the doctor up well, actually. <laughs> out in the ocean that is, you know, plummeting this plummeting to the earth without the TARDIS because every doctor loses the TARDIS at least once in their journey. Sure. She's just getting it out of the way with right off the right out the gate. I, you know, I love the whole st I love the fact that they revisited the Dalek from his first season. Uh-huh. His second episode. I love that. I was like, I'm watching it and J Jess and I are like, "Well, who's he going to go see?" Yep. Who's he gonna go see? Who's he gonna go see? And then when he said when he said the nickname for it, I'm like, no effing way. Rusty. There is no way they're doing this. Oh my god, that's brilliant. You know, I, I love that. Um, I like that. I loved what they did with uh, Billy. Yep. Bill. Bill. Yeah. I love what they did with Bill. How it, they introduced an alien species that can be terrifying as hell but it is like the ultimate what's the word i'm looking for it was it wasn't the bad they weren't bad yeah they, they it, you know they were disturbing and frightening as hell but they were probably the most yeah i can't think of the damn word for uh, it that's gonna bug me benevolent um benevolent sure go with that 
I like that. I'm looking for. You know, where they're taking somebody at the moment of death and basically just taking a copy of everything that makes them that person so that part of them will always live. Sure. That is phenomenal. And I, I would love to kiss whoever came up with that concept for the story. I thought that was good, too. However, the only yeah. thing I would say is if you're going to have Bill in there, she's a water creature now. She can pop up. You yeah. don't have to have a copy yeah, they, of her. Yeah, I think had they done that, although I will I will be honest, I wept when they had uh, Claire show up. Okay. Because, I mean, I liked... I like the dynamic between her and the Twelfth Doctor more so than I did her and the Eleventh Doctor. But, you know, um, yeah, Cindy hates her. Well, Cindy, yeah, I was going to say, she's one of those companions that you either love she, or hate. Well, yeah, but again, when she was with the Eleventh, they were laughing and giddy and having fun, where, you got to remember, Twelfth Doctor was an a-hole his first At, season, the, yeah, and it was first always season, to was her. Home. Yep. Always to her. So, Cindy got a bad taste of, that was how she first know of Clara not she had yeah. to catch up with the 11 episodes. yeah she didn't get the chance to experience everything with the 11 so episodes. she only saw her being the whipping boy. and also who cared about her stupid relationship with the other teacher type of thing yeah. um but you know something got stolen for me from that when they had them show up only as memories from him you know what I mean? Like, like, it, okay, that's not the real people. So, what, eh, it, yeah, it, it takes away the significance because Bill could have been there. Oh yeah, realistically, Bill should have been there and just said, "I mean, hi, she was a water I, I'm, I'm now a water creature, and I knew the moment that you were going to change, so I popped in to say hi. It was me yeah. this whole time. Hi, that's yeah. all they had to do. One line, and then have her splash away, and then, you know, Claire. Oh, and I like the fact that they let him get his memories back." Of Clara. Yeah. Right? Yeah, because, I mean, it was going to burn out his brain anyway, so why not do it right as he's, you know, that was sweet. getting like, ready to regenerate. And the way he reacted when he went, Clara, I remember. And you go, ooh, that's right, I forgot that he didn't he remember. Willful, yeah, he willfully So now brain. he'll have those memories of her when he regenerates and any time after. I thought, okay, that's good. It served its yeah. purpose. Let him, yeah. let him have it. And I love... I love the big speech at the end, too, because... Oh, God, yeah. You wait a moment, Doctor. Let's get it right. I've got a few things to say to you. Basic stuff first. Never be cruel, never be cowardly, and never ever eat pears. Remember... Hate is always foolish, and love is always wise. Always try to be nice, but never fail to be kind. Oh, and you mustn't tell anyone your name. No one would understand it anyway. Sometimes, if their heart 
and this is important, because he was such an a-hole his first season, it wasn't until the second season when he realized, wait a minute, I've been doing this wrong, that's why I have this face. I have to remind myself of my 10th version because he was heroic, I have to be good! Yay! And yeah. then from then on, he was, and then it, so he's telling his future self, don't start off an a-hole like I did. Be yeah. kind, be, you know, always be happy. Uh, I love the whole thing. I'm like, I agree with, I yeah. agree with, I agree. Yep. Keep going. Yep. Dude. Good. That was smart. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I don't know when we're getting the next year. The fall next series of, of 2018. Okay. So it's going to be, uh, wait, aren't they doing, um, are they doing, there's some kind of Olympic events. No, wait, now that's winter Olympics. I think. Yeah. I thought there was something that was going to be contending with the normal like time frame that they normally go with. I don't know. I, with the I just remember them saying, "I read, I've been reading stuff ever since." So like, nope, fall of yeah. 2018, so you have a bit of a wait. I'm like, oh, that's killer! And they don't even give you—I don't even know if we're going to get a full. We're not getting the full number of episodes this. Time. Oh no, I think we're supposed to be getting the the full run, but I think the Christmas episode might be like weirdly plopped in the timeline of okay. airing. Um. So yeah. Hey, at least at least it's not the wait. Sherlock fans have to wait in between seasons. Jesus Christ. I uh, I, <clears throat> I can't wait for. Uh, well, I'll tell you, I loved this episode. Love, love, love from beginning to end. Other than that little critique of it could have been really Bill. Uh, yeah. The rest of it, it was fun. It, it made me laugh. It brought. It was great to watch him, be him and deal with his older you know, first generation self mm -hmm. in such a comical way. Oh, absolutely. And it and also highlighted Hartnell's doctor. Oh, absolutely. And it was a way of kind of showing a lot of these programs of, yes, we're bringing in the first doctor. We're bringing in the original TARDIS where, you know, the and that budget was a great was... thing too. They're like, wait, the yeah. windows are the wrong size and it's a smaller TARDIS. Yeah. Oh, and I great. love that. It was beautifully done. Um, I do wonder had Capaldi been the doctor longer and he had more companions, if they would have chosen a different companion for him to have that interaction with, 
and not had the whole Bill could have just come back as the water creature type scenario. Or had they not even gone down that road? That's something I'm wondering, had they done that with a different Doctor who had multiple companions? I mean, Christ, the first Doctor, I think, had like seven or eight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, David Tennant had, what, five? At uh, least? Well, it's, it's let's, let's see. see. It Rose, Martha. Uh, Donna Noble. Donna. <laughs> yeah. No, um, no, I'm thinking of Midnight when, he, when he's trying to trick the, the repeating monster. Yeah. Rose Tyler, Martha Jones, Donna Noble, Tardis. He just, yeah. that's one of the horrible ones. Go ahead, sorry. Yeah, but uh, he had Jack and Mickey. Uh, wait, Jack? No, Jack was with the Ninth Doctor. He was Right, yeah, he was with the Ninth Doctor. I think he only went once, went someplace once with the Tenth Doctor, and that was basically back to Torchwood. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we had Mickey. Sure. Rose, Mickey, Martha, Martha, Donna. Donna. That was it. Yeah, I mean, you had the ones that would pop in for like an episode, but I don't count them because. Well, you know, it's funny. The one from the Titanic episode, people consider her a companion, even though she was never on the TARDIS. He, yeah, I was gonna say I don't even think she got in the TARDIS nope. at all. He offered it to her. He's like, "You want to be my new companion?" I would have loved to have seen that. Actually, right. that was an. That was interesting, and I love Callie Minot. Oh my god, she's... Well, she's like, yeah, I can't wait, and then she never makes it. So they, yeah. when they make the figures of the companions in a box set, she's always one of them. Because she wanted to be a companion. Yeah, he already offered That's it, sweet. so I guess it kind of... That's sweet. You, you, you uh, took yeah. the job, so I guess it's yours. Um, what else, what else, what else? So yeah, I mean... That was how... Oh, the, the one from... Um, what's her face? The actress who was in Blink. I read where Moffat had offered to her to be a companion. Oh, yeah? Yes. Nightingale, or whatever she called herself. Yeah. Right? The actress said, nah, I'm not really into sci-fi. What the oh. fuck? You stupid Oh, girl, yeah. you just shot yourself in the foot. You could have... Oh. Exactly. Because people love her and like, why wasn't she in more? Oh. What's well, like um the guy that was in... Two episodes of uh, Matt Smith's. Uh, oh, sure. He's a late night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a late night show talk show host guy now. Chris, heavy set yeah, fellow, yeah, yeah. Com- bit of a comedian. Yeah, yeah. I would have loved to have seen him as a companion. Uh, yeah, agreed. But I also kind of like the fact that he was only like it's one of those less might be more type scenarios. And the fact that the doctor went back to him to hang out. I thought, okay, that's cool. Yeah, I thought that was. I think that was touching. It, that was a nice. But how did you like the fact that they had uh, the Brigadier's father? Grandfather. Was it his grandfather or his yeah, father? Yeah, because if they, I was listening to the Radio Free Scara, and they're like, time-wise, it can't be his father. It's his grandfather. Because it's World War One, not World War Two. Mm, yeah. You know, so it would be the grandfather. But yeah, no, I thought that was Doctor smart. Who. It's Doctor Who. It's not like they pay attention to their own continuity. <laughs> um, it was smart. However, yeah. Cindy made a good point. Uh, the guy who played the captain? Yeah. What's his name? I can't think of his name. Mark Gaddis. Thank you. She's like, I can deal with... I, Mark Gaddis does, did not need to shove his face into that episode. He was unnecessary. I mean, I grant the the character had a point, blah, 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 blah. But her point was, we got it. 
We got it. You're one of the, the Sherlock Doctor Who guys. You didn't have to fanboy yourself in there like Chris, uh, what's his face in Walking Dead. Just, you know what I mean? She felt like he was. I actually, I honestly, I took it as they put him in the role because he looks similar to the actor that played originally the Brigadier. That's how you I think? took it anyway. I'll yeah. The picture side by side. I mean, that put, was her if, you put, about if you put, I mean, I could definitely see that, you know, I could see how people might see, oh, okay, why'd he force himself and that that was He's unnecessary. He's been on numerous times and as numerous characters. Yeah, yeah. I, that's how I, that's how I took it anyway. I mean, that's, that's cool. I like that. Because like, if you, if you put the cap on him and look at a photo, like the photos of him compared to the Brigadier, there's a similarity in like the facial structure, the way he had his mustache trimmed and everything that. At first I thought it was Hitler. And I love the conversation of, no, I know, but they really <laughs> messed up that mustache. Maybe it's World War One Hitler. Um, well, no, I think during World War One, Hitler was a painter. No, he was in, he was in, he was a soldier by then. I was a soldier. Yeah. Um, but anywho, uh, uh, I love the whole, like the, just the conversations that they were having between both doctors. Oh, absolutely. But also him going, oh, and this guy from World War One. Uh, what? What? Yeah, World War One from the look of your outfit. What do you mean one? Oh, yeah, right. I love spoilers. <laughs> yeah, I love that he was like, "Wait a minute, you, there's going to be more." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. And then the whole big speech, and then I'm sad to see that TARDIS go because that was probably my favorite looking TARDIS from the inside. Yeah, that to me that was that was. I mean, perfect. don't get me wrong. I I love David Tennant's. I love elements of. Uh, Matt Smith's first interior. You know, I loved how you know had it multi, that multi level to yes. it, but I loved how they applied that to the net, the newer. He had, one. A, he had a walk around thing. There were bookshelves. He had a chalkboard. Yeah, it was a great mix. You're right. Well, and did you? A friend of mine posted online photos of that set. There was a cup, very similar, oddly enough, like this. Okay. For those that aren't able to see it's what like we're a talking about. Cup. Yeah, it's a net-looking cup with a bunch of pins in In the actual, in the TARDIS set, there was a metal one, solid, like that. Instead of mesh, it was just solid-sided. They had the other TARDIS, or the other uh, sonic screwdrivers in. Oh, he had that on his desk at the school. Yep. Um, yep, it was on his desk at the school, but they had also put it in the TARDIS, is what I'm and saying. And also, Mark Gatiss... That was a beautiful little... Yeah. Mark Gatiss owns the third doctor's jacket and had that in a shot while he's making his big speech walking around he walks by oh, a wow. coat rack with the purple jacket from the third doctor and if you look uh just, just look it up online you can see peter capaldi trying on the jacket oh i believe it yeah I, he's such I, a I wonderful fanboy you yeah. know he's like look at him wearing the third doctor's jacket so they they Mark Gatiss snuck that on there. So as he's walking by, he thinks it was there. he thinks Peter Capaldi actually reaches out and touches it while he's making his speech. Oh, I, I could believe it. I mean, Peter Capaldi seems like the actor that would just you like very much like Tom Maison, where he's just like utilizing everything to his who Ichabod Crane, Tom Maison, Mason, Mason, Mason. Mason. It's Mason. Tom Mison. That's why I never know who the heck you're talking. I'm like, is he French? Who the heck are you talking about? I always that too. You think I'd be used to it by now? Well, you think I would have learned? I, I'm sorry. I yeah, didn't mean well, to. Little tomato, 
Yeah, column A, column B. Hey, listen, I have the guy's gun, yeah. so I know. Yeah, you got, you got, you got the guy's effing rifle, so... <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I mean, I I absolutely love, like, the physicality of, like, he'll interact with stuff. It just And did you know that every single book on that set was an actual book that he could flip through and interact with? Nice. I love Found that. that out through uh, behind-the-scenes stuff. I'm like, that's beautiful. And also, that is... also, the part in his speech where he talks about only children on very rare occasions can actually know what the doctor's real name is, that's Peter Capaldi's speech. Huh. When he would show up, at an event with kids because he you know loves kids as he should but would oh, yeah. show up to like um the the museum the doctor who experience at in character yeah. and a kid said what's the doctor's real name he said you know on a very good night if the stars are aligned and you know it's a certain child children can actually know what the doctor and so they threw that into that big speech nice everything else had a reference too from that speech yeah it's it's amazing to see that i mean they this this is a handoff that could have gone very badly and they handled it aces i mean they i'm i'm excited now to see where it goes i um yeah i i know you probably still have your concerns and i do but I'm excited because it is going to be brand new, basically everything. New showrunner, yeah. new music guy too, which is sad because I love the music. Um, but you well, know, did what? you did you notice the uh, the tenth Doctor? A whole lot of it. A little bit tenth there. And I love Doctor's it. themes. Yep, in there. I love that. Um, I love that too. And you know, I'm not as far as those things. I'm excited about because if it gives us new freshness and a new as long as it's not too apart from what we already know you know what i mean like it's look at the way it was before stephen moffat was uh in charge i love that and now stephen moffat yeah great and it's new and it's fresh and it's different but it's still the same yeah i as long as it stays true to its core exactly but still adds its own new elements absolutely I'll, i'll be all for it and you know we only got to hear her, oh, once she changed, or he changed to her, and she looks and says, oh, brilliant. And the way she yeah. did that, I thought, oh, that was charming, the way she did that. I'm like, okay. It was very, very beautifully done. Right, yeah. not obnoxious, not, I'm a woman. It was No, it was yeah. one line, and she did it wonderful. It, and I think that's part of what helped sell the whole, okay, the doctor is going to become female because of the way he was watching him, his younger self treat women. Yeah, and I think that's what helped. Oh, really? Back to me, you know, how many iterations later. And hopefully also, yeah. it'll it'll be, um, I, I also take it as when he was given the whole speech of being kind. Yeah, because, I mean, let's be honest, women, are, tip, women are typically more the kind than men. The yeah. nurturers. So we so needed think... that after being down such a dark road with that first season of him. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I, logically, if you're going to write your reason for him changing to a woman... It was a it, subconscious. Let me be gentler. Yeah, and I think it. I think this is the the smart way to handle it from a story standpoint. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm like I said. I'm curious to see where where the stories are going to go. I'm I'm excited, and I mean my my doctor will always and to this day still be David Tennant. But yeah, me too. I've me en- too. I've enjoyed the other doctors for what they are. Oh, without a doubt. But yeah, there is nothing like David Tennant. I said to Cindy. Let me pitch this show to you. Tom Meissen, David Tennant together in a show. She's like, oh 
my god. They would they would charming they would just make charming faces through the whole darn thing because they're both very <laughs> you just want to watch them because they're so fun to just watch. Yeah. You know, I still think it's acting, criminal that I'm still I still think feel it's criminal what they freaking did with Sleepy Hollow, cancel it back. Oh, a little bit of news for you. Tom Meissen, who again we hope will come on the podcast, um, has been taking a break since he's like, Yeah, I'd like to see him working again. He's doing a play in London. I said, Well, that's typically what they do after they yeah. get a show. Uh, and also, he had a baby, so let him be a dad for a while. Oh, yeah. Unlike, I mean, that man is definitely deserving of being a father. Unlike I mean. David Tennant, who we love and adore, but he's in everything. I don't know when he ever sees his many, many children. I don't know if that man sleeps. This is what I'm saying. Like, I don't know. But, and I mean, apparently he is going to be in season two of Jessica Jones, which yep. comes out in March. Yep, already filmed it. Yep. I, know. I don't know how the hell he does. Well, the only way he, in my head is... It's psychological baggage for Jessica. It is. But it's gotta um, be. But that's my point. Like when does he see his children? I don't know. But unless maybe they travel with him. I, I don't know. Uh, I mean but that could be costly. David Tennant or Tom Meissen deserves to take the time after being and apparently what he, he was like I needed a break from from network television because Fox treated him and the show so poorly. Mm-hmm. He just got burnt out. He's like, I, I love that show. You know, gave gave it my, my heart and soul. And to have to fight with, the powers that be. For something, just you know, get, like it just yeah, wore just him to out. Get what you did? Let let him yeah. let him just. He's like, I just need a break. I'll go back to, filming stuff. But right now, I'm burnt out. And that's, I agree. I understand it. It's sad for us the greedy side of us who wants to keep seeing him and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but it's also sad to know that such a great guy who cares so much about his character was red taped constantly. Yeah. Like, you idiots. You I- And now it's known as the show that Fox never promoted. It gave you advertisements before it premiered and then dropped the ball and never supported it afterwards. Yep. They never did a talk it was literally show fan, fan, Yeah, it's literally the fans that helped keep it alive. Yeah, I mean, they have them be on late night TV. Have them make appearances. You know, but God forbid. Then they wonder, oh, nobody's watching us. Well, no, you moved it three times and you never promoted it. You never told people where yeah. it was. Yeah, and half the time, that's why Jess and I would have to watch it on Hulu. See, there you go. But that last season was so perfect. I loved it so much. Oh, it... It it was the it was a beautiful way of coming back. Yeah. From and also also letting him be the teacher now. Yeah. That was and yet he's still quirky and has his, yeah. his still has history his, ticks. Idiosyncrasies and such, but But man. Oh. So. so um I know there's other things we'll talk about, but Oh I'm sure. We'll wrap it up and Yeah, we're pushing I think three hours. Yeah, are we? Well, well, three hours you and I have been talking. I don't know how long we were waxing philosophically before we remembered to hit record. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know there's other topics that even just Christmas and birthdays alone. Like today, yesterday was Everly's sixth birthday. Oh, well, well happy birthday, belated as, as it may be. I will tell her. Um, she'll be thrilled. And so we went to Lobster Crab, as she calls it. Red Lobster, because that's where she oh, wanted okay. to go. So ever since she was, you know. A couple years ago, she goes, lobster crab. I'm like, that's what we're calling it from now on. 
Um, did that. Had the family over for a pot party today. You know, two hours. And then tomorrow... <laughs> Mikey's birthday was last month. Okay. Tomorrow, at the community center, we are combining his guests and her guests. And last year we did one for each of them. That was ridiculous. This is just every kid get show up for both kids, run amok. And that's tomorrow. And I'm going to show you an idea. Cindy had printed these. My, my suggestion, yeah. if uh, if you don't, stop by uh, Rite Aid or CVS or whatever and get headache pills. Eh, they're not my kid. I mean, the two kids that I have are well-behaved. The rest of them... Yes, but you know, you'll, have the, you'll have the noise to contend with, which could give you a headache. Well, she's making a combined... She's having them make a combined cake with something that is on his side and something that's on her side that they both like. Okay. Here's one of the ideas that she has for him. Spider-Man on a TARDIS. That's actually a really cool Photoshop job. Right? So I don't know if that's what's going to end up being on there, but it's definitely going to be Doctor Who on one side. Um, as it should be. Yeah. Um, but I got that. I'm going to go try and fall asleep, and that's one to three tomorrow. Oh, I will uh, try to send you good vibes. Okay. <laughs> and next time we talk, I'll tell you about my new car. Ooh. Uh, right. That's a story. Actually, I'll tell you quickly one thing. I got a Ford yeah. Fusion, a 2014 okay. Ford Fusion from a dealer who sells, like, not Ford. Because the Ford dealership wanted too much. And it's a great car. It's, it Actually, if you look at it, it looks from the front like the Batmobile, so I'm happy. It's got all the bells and whistles. Uh, it's big enough for me, unlike the the Kia the, that I was driving that we're leasing. Yeah. This we bought, but we buy it, we sell it, we do the paperwork, we you know do all that. We walk out to the car, he goes, all right, it has a car starter. So a remote, a remote start. starter. Great. Holy cow. So I'm thrilled, right? So it kind of is like the Batmobile. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it talks we'll to you, too. I can actually hit a button and tell the car to do certain things. Oh, that's cool. Uh, but when he hands me the key, I said, where's the where's the key to get in the door? Oh, no. It's one of those keyless key entry list. things. And it didn't come with the book, the manual, because whoever sold the, them this car gave them one key. And took the manual. He goes, I'll get, I'll get those to you. He never did. So now I have, they didn't tell me this ahead of time. One key. So, this is one where everything is, you can start the car from the outside, but after 10 minutes, it'll shut off unless you actually put the key in the ignition. Right. Keyless entry. Um, I don't have the code, so I have to use the remote to unlock it. Right. Well, I need another key because, God forbid, I'll just show you. Here, here's the fob with the hidden key. Hidden key, yeah. Right, that folds in. Uh, God forbid the battery dies on the one that you have. Now you're not getting in that car. Now you have to have a toad to Ford and have them open it up. Exactly. So. I had to go to them. Now, people are telling me, nah, you just go on eBay. You can buy the fob much cheaper. Okay. So I went to Ford. I ran Well, you still have to get it reprogrammed. Still have to get, which is $50. Mm -hmm. To get the key laser cut, 
$30. It's like, and that's if the FOB is even programmed with what we have. If it doesn't match up, you're out of luck. Yeah, because then you just wasted your money on the uh, the FOB to begin with. Long story short, $215 to get that FOB I just showed you. Oh. Mother. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Damn, that hurt. Yeah, I'm, mm -hmm, my wallet, I know. Luckily, I talked them down $200 when I bought the car, but that's not the point. I'm yeah. still out those $200. And I still don't know what the, the passcode is to get into my own car. You might be able to... I'm figuring stuff out. Yeah, you might be able to Google like how to... Well, I'm okay, this it. is probably dangerous because anybody could do it to any car, but there's probably some kind of like tutorial or something on I've like YouTube. Or... Yeah, because I don't want to go back to Ford and go, will you tell me what the code is? You know, I don't. Because they'll go, yeah. sure, give me $100. Yeah, I mean, there's got to there's gotta be a way. You can, at least, or maybe buy the... See if you can buy the manual for it off eBay or something. Oh, you could, you can't. It's fifty bucks for the manual. That's for the actually manual from Ford. If you want to get it from Ford, oh, from Ford. Okay, let's actually. I'm actually surprised it's that cheap from the from the dealerships. I think it was. I would expect it was a lot. I would have expected that to be double. It was a lot of money that I'm like, you know what? No, because anything I wanted to look up, like to adjust the the steering wheel or anything, which is not a button that you twist. You have to flip down from underneath. It's a whole technical. Oh yeah. If, it's a whole different If you different don't know animal. it's there, you cannot find it. Wow. So I had to look it up, and there's YouTube videos. So anything I need to know, I'll just Google it. YouTube it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, I'm not going to buy a, a book that's I'm never going to need to look at except once or twice. Yeah. So there. There's the story of that car. But the good news is it's like the Batmobile, so I'm happy. What color is it? Gray. Dark gray. Charcoal. Ooh. Which is great because it doesn't show the dirt. <laughs> or any dings or marks they're like yeah you're yeah my my wife's rav4 is uh looking kind of salty because of the the roads and weather right now yep, yep. well that i can't wait Ugh. to wash that off yeah but yeah it's it's uh it was four degrees this morning here and yes yeah yesterday it was one hey let's see what uh justin i've been referring to the the time seven, or the seven degrees right now yeah, we've been referring to the weather as uh, doctors. So it is McGann. It's McGann out right now. Oh, that's nice. See, I have. Yeah, I have um, the uh, the one before that. McCoy. McCoy, thank you. I have McCoy here. Yeah. So, so for those who don't know Doctor Who, fuck <laughs> up. Yeah. Go go find it. Yep. <clears throat> um all right. So we're going to let everybody go. I'm going to post this on both sites. So if you're listening to the MacGyver podcast, thank you very much. You'll notice there was not there wasn't just MacGyver topics discussed, but eh. yeah, it might get you interested in the other podcast. It never we do. gets old podcast. So if you haven't listened you've listened to one but not the other, check them out. And uh, vice Highly versa. entertaining us uh bantering and waxing philosophically about stuff and also coming very soon as soon as i'm done editing the darn thing will be chapter four of the macgyver sg1 audio series which i'm very proud of and i cannot wait for everybody to hear that especially if you know these characters already Get it done. big things happen Get it done. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you trying to say 
Yeah, I, you in particular, because you know you're, you're, of which I see. You're, you're lucky that you and I are not in the same room, because I'd be chucking crumpled up pieces of paper at you. Get it done. Get it done. Get it done. I got a paper cut. I need to take a week off. Listen, I'm just thrilled that during my... When I was off for the two weeks, I'm like, all right, in my head beforehand, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Well, after going Christmas shopping and all the Christmas stuff, that last week between Christmas and New Year's, I just like, I'm not going to do anything. I don't want to do anything. I want to sit here and watch movies with my kids. And then the last, uh, it was like Friday. I'm like, no, no, no. I am recording the next chapter, which is a long one. Oh, good. So it'll definitely make up for the gap. It will definitely make up for the gap. And uh, give you answers and be excited. Probably raise a couple of questions, yep. of course, because, you know. But it's a nice, it's a nice, cool. yeah, payoff. Uh, so, okay, I'll go back to doing that after I post these. Excellent. All right, everybody. We will catch you next time. Uh, uh, what, are, what are our sign-offs? Remember, stay excited and stay creative. See you, everybody. thanks for listening everybody please let us know what you think by going to itunes stitcher our facebook page and also on twitter nathan is n-a-s-c-h-e-l-l and i'm just mac w jackson if you'd like to help us out and give us a little contribution please go to PayPal and sign in to donate to at MacWJackson at Comcast.net. And remember, stay creative.